This week on Just Like That, the number one Mike Goldberg-inspired podcast on the planet, we will recap UFC on ESPN Plus 38, Ortega vs. the Korean Zombie, hit you with our segments, Fighter Stocks with GSP, Isn't He Awesome, and Real World Callouts. Discuss the news this week in MMA, and last but not least, preview UFC 254, Khabib vs. Gaethje. Here we go. All right, here we go. Welcome to another episode of Just Like That. That was Ryan on the intro as always. I'm Alex. We have another full episode and a huge week this week. Really excited this week for UFC 254, Khabib versus Gaethje. Probably the biggest card of the year. Um, so we'll get to that as fast as we can. We're going to recap really quick and do our segments, but um, we'll get to that. But first, we'll start it off as we always do with our take of the week. And as always, Ryan, take us away. All right. I'm going to say uh, Khabib jinxed himself with his uh, 30-0 and comment that we're going to get to in the news later. But um, basically he made a comment saying, um, you know, that hinted that he's going to retire when he's 30-0. and uh, I think that completely jinxed himself. You can't be talking about 30-0 and before you get this victory versus Gaethje and possibly his toughest opponent. So I think Saturday uh, afternoon we're going to be hearing and new from Bruce Buffer and Justin Gaethje is going to be the uh, the new lightweight champion of the world. All right, so part of it's a take and part of it's your dream come true. Yeah, exactly. I'm just looking for any <laughs> I don't way know. to possibly say that Justin Gaethje is going to win this fight. Like, reading way too much. Energy. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. Um, yeah, uh, looking past a guy, never safe. So is it, that's, the, that's the rumor that needs to go around right now. Is he looking past Justin Gaethje? And it sounds like he's given us a little bit, just enough to run with it to hit the headlines that he's looking past Justin Gaethje. Yep, that, that's so, the uh, Khabib looking so past So, yeah, him. so we're stir the pot a little bit, and uh, if if he, if he and when he does lose, we can uh, come back to this and say we were on him, we were on him from the start. Yeah, and the co-main, like, there's all this hype about Jared Cannonier versus Israel Adesanya. He could be looking past Robert Whitaker. I haven't heard anything from Jared Cannonier to say that, but um, this is a tough fight to get your title shot. Yeah, and uh, when we get to that one, yeah, I – I don't have a hot take on that one, but I, I'm a, I'm think I'm in that boat thinking with the same way. So, uh, but yeah, we'll get to that when we get to our preview, but, uh, my take of the week is Khabib related as well. Um, I haven't heard anyone say this yet. And, uh, but I do, th- I think, I think Dana White loves Khabib more than he loves Connor. I think he's finally replaced him. Oh, wow. What, what makes you say that? I know. Well, I never thought it was possible, but look at, look at everything going on right now. Look at all the Khabib, um, all the Khabib promo, all and um, we just talked about it a little bit earlier. They changed the time on this card, so it's. Uh, I think they did this with the Dustin Poirier card, Dustin Poirier Khabib fight as well. Obviously, something it's for more Russian fans to watch. I believe um, is probably the because he. I mean, he's obviously huge in Russia, but also it favors Khabib's. It favors Khabib's sleep schedule, so. I think it's just any little edge to get Khabib ahead, but he didn't. Dana White didn't treat uh, like GSP this way. He didn't treat. He's never really treated anyone this way before. Like he, he. I think he really. He's like in the last three or four years, he's like just really pushed Khabib, and uh, he's kind of pushed Connor to the side. We saw the DMs with Connor where he pushed him off, and pretty much told him like, 
can't can't get you on can't get you on a card for a long time or whatever and like you said that was had more to do with probably the live gate than anything but I don't know I think he's uh I think he switched alliances um they're putting a lot of promo on Khabib that I mean is Khabib that exciting honestly I don't dislike him I was I've been but I've been saying this for a long time I think Khabib is the most overrated like I get it's hard to say he's overrated when he's like never lost but most like overhyped i guess guy in in all of mma or all maybe all of sports um everyone's constantly talking about him he's like the best i'd say it, he, they they've done a better job marketing khabib than they ever did of marketing conor mcgregor because conor mcgregor markets himself like they've totally yeah. put the whole machine into khabib into making him like the king of smash like they've done a really good job at yeah. marketing and turning a somewhat what i would consider boring fighter and then getting people to like somebody who's consistently on the ground um, which they've never been able to do before. So yeah, and not to mention like, who are, who's Khabib's good wins? Let me read. Let me you know he beat Dustin Poirier. Okay, he shouldn't have any problem beating Dustin Poirier. Dustin Poirier is not gonna have anything for a guy that fights like Khabib. He beat Conor McGregor, another guy that Khabib should beat ten out of ten times with the style matchups. Besides that, he beat Ally Aquinta, Edson Barbosa, Michael Johnson, Daryl Horcher, RDA, Pat Healy, Abel Trujillo. Um, Tiago Tavares and Gleason Tabau and Kamala Solorst. Those are all his UFC wins. Like, is that a UFC? Like, is that a comp? Like, a you know, competition like level? Is that the greatest of all time? That's who he's beaten. Give me a break. You know what? You're gonna add Cowboy to that or something next? Like, that's that's <laughs> the name missing from that. Like a past, like a over the hill Cowboy, just to make it seem like he's got some type of good resume. It's like the most like. It's the weakest resume I've ever seen for someone who could is considered as one of the all-time goats in a lot of people's minds. Not in mine, but most people think that. So I mean, maybe that's my hot take that that Khabib is the most. Oh, I think I got you started. Overrated fighter of all time. So yeah, I uh, I, I I've never been a big fan of him. Um, you know, him and his goons beat up our boy Art. I'm the goat, the real goat. And uh, yeah, I'm a call me a hater, whatever. Yeah, I think I got you started there. That was basically my point in a nutshell. Was they don't do that for Kamara Usman? They don't put the machine behind him. Yeah, and, they, and a lot of it has to do like, with Russia. Kamara Usman has similar fighting style. Uh, granted, a little more boring, a little more, less inactive, but depending on the fight. Yeah, but I mean similar. And I this, mean he just out wrestles people. A and, year. Like it's not like he's fighting all the time or anything. Like he's fought once a year his entire career. Um, it, it's ridiculous, pretty much. Not his entire entire career. He fought, you know, a few times a year when he was well. When he's fighting on yeah, the prelims. When he but. was fighting, he he fights real fights once a year. Yeah, no, I thought the same thing too, because I mean he's averaging once a year on every single fight, and uh, this one's even longer than a year. So, yeah, I mean, my whole point was just that you. It seems like they're protecting him. I I know a lot of it has to do with the Russian market. Because it doesn't matter if you're exciting over there, you're you represent them, so they just want it's you like, to win. I don't and think the time any way like, possible. You know, because they're not getting any pay per view buys from Russia. I highly doubt it. I, are they? Do they buy pay per views in Russia? <laughs> I was know? gonna say, is it even is it is it even a pay per view over there? Or do they just watch it? Doubtful. I'm pretty sure they just they, watch it. They do, and I'm pretty sure they just watch it in like in Europe and stuff. So I would assume Russia would be the same. Yeah, Russia. They're yeah, not pay per views. That's for damn sure. I was gonna say. Even if it was, they would just hack it and stream it for free. So they would exactly. all be watching it at a friend's house. But I think but you're onto something with the times maybe favoring, you know, just uh, being big time. Khabib's natural 
natural sleep schedule and kind of maybe getting just and get you out of whack. They, I tell you, they do anything they can to make this, uh, make this guy get wins. And, um, yeah, I think it was, what fight was it? The, was it the Gleason to bow fight? There's one fight that a lot of people think he lost. Um, that's it. Yeah, yeah that's the one. It's Gleason to bow. And I, I'd have to go back and watch it. Um, but from, all the people that I read about on Reddit that talk about that fight, they say that uh, he definitely lost it. Well, it's like when they try to build a Chinese prospect. But, um, I mean, he, I, I, I don't think he's definitely the very dominant. He's beat, he's beat the best guys they put in front of him, or the, good, the best in a specific time. But it's like they weren't this nice to GSP. They weren't this, they're not this nice to Kamara Usman. They're not, they weren't this nice to Anderson Silva. Dana White had beef with every single one of those guys, and not a single one of those guys tried to fight guys in the crowd or anything like that. So I, I just I think that he's jumped ship. I think it's his uh, – well, I mean, his favorite guy right now is Kamzat, but I think uh, the UFC is – they've decided that the UFC is behind Khabib – 100%. Yeah, and, and um, another thing, I'm sure I've said it on here before, but when we're looking at, you know, styles, there's never been a more perfect division for someone with Khabib's style to be in than 155 currently. There's not a single dominant wrestler in the whole top 15 at 155 that even is close to being able to match up against Khabib. The whole division's nothing but strikers, and you get one dominant wrestler, of course you're going domin- to dominate. If it, was a, if it was a similar, you know, if we had similar styles to the 170 division, I know I've said this before. I'm probably getting repetitive, but if if 155 had similar fighters to the 170 division in you know wrestlers, as in Kobe Covington, Kamara Usman, all those guys, Khabib's not this dominant smash fighter that that people say. He's fighting close decisions if he's winning them. You know, if he's fighting guys with similar pedigrees, Kamara Usman and stuff at uh, at 155, but he's not. He's fighting guys that can't wrestle. So I mean, obviously he's gonna look dominant. It would be it would be like you know there's never been a more perfect perfect division for him to dominate at, than 155 at current day. Yeah, the time is right, everything's right, and um, I think he's improved in some places. We'll save some of it for our preview. That's why guys like some John of it has Jones to do with like the real greatest of all time because I mean he he's fighting all different styles. Like I mean, granted, 205 is weak as hell now, but I mean he's been in it well, forever and he's fought everything that he's fought thrown two at generations. Him. Yeah. Yeah, he's fought two generations of 205ers. He's everyone from so. strikers to elite wrestlers like DC, from elite strikers. He's beating them all, and he's you know pretty dominant. So there, I think there's no – if you're trying to argue that Khabib's in the GOAT conversation, like get out of here. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't respect yeah. it at all if that's your opinion. Yeah, I mean it's – I just feel like it's kind of a – it's almost like a, every every pay-per-view it's, it's going to be the biggest fight or whatever. They, it's basically over-promoting – over promotion, they say a lot of crazy stuff, so it's just kind of taking the bait or not. But that's just kind of how I feel because I never thought that uh, I never thought Connor would get replaced, but I think he's kind of been pushed to the side at least for the time being. And um, and it's mostly we'll from see what happens from there. His own fault, like you know, he's just well, not active. He fully he's, deserves it. It's insane. Yeah, lately, he fully so. deserves it. <laughs> I mean, but when you look at when you look at uh, Dana White's face while. Uh, Connor was just going way overboard trash talking to Khabib. You would have never thought he'd jump ship on yeah. him. Yeah, but Dana will never love anyone like prime time Connor. Like you know, Connor McGregor at his peak of Dana's love is higher than I think. Isn't is he ever awesome, Connor McGregor? For another fighter. <laughs> He'll never love him like he loved. Isn't he awesome, yeah, Connor? Yeah, exactly. No one will ever love anyone like <laughs> like Dana loved. Isn't he awesome, yeah, Connor? That's the truth. <laughs> 
All right, well, enough of the takes. Um, we'll move on to our, our recap because there was a pretty good fight card this past weekend. Fairly surprising results. Uh, we'll start with the first fight. Um, Saeed Nurmagomedov versus Mark Striegel. This was a pretty short fight. Uh, Nurmagomedov landed a shot on him, grounded upon him, put him out. Um, was this in the first or the second round? I don't know. It was a, it was a pretty quick fight. Was right what was it? Bat. First round, yeah, like 90 seconds in. So... Yep. Um, yeah, Nurmega Madoff, he looked like he has heavy hands, you know. For for being a Nurmega Madoff, I know they're not related as we found out last <laughs> week, but regardless, he's he's a much better striker than uh, some of the other guys in that clan um, from the looks of it. I mean, he, you know, Mark Striegel, he might not be the best uh, competition, but whatever, he looked really good. I thought it was a really good stoppage, unlike a lot of fights on this card. Um, you know, let yeah. him bounce their head off the mat, twi- or off the canvas twice before you stop it. Um, because, uh, you know, we don't want any fights to go, uh, to be contested by bad stoppages. So I thought it was a good stoppage. We don't want anyone getting robbed. It wasn't too late. Yo, wasn't it wasn't too early. This was a good stoppage. This was a really good stoppage because he was also out. Yeah. He dropped him. Granted, you could, so. you could stop it maybe one punch earlier, but one punch late is better than one punch too soon in my book. <laughs> you start to stop. Well, he started to stop it just because he got another punch in. He started at the right time. Exactly. But... All right, so that was I think that was the first fight on the card. Next up, we got Max Grisham versus Antigulov. This was a bad stoppage. This was um, the ref had a prop bet. The ref had a second round prop bet on this one because he jumped in with two seconds left and uh, stopped it because he was getting punched in the hands. Yeah, I, no one even knew what happened. And it's like they thought the round usually ended. Usually, in a situation like that, when there's five, say there's four minutes left in the round, they, and a guy's kind of turtling like that but he's not taking too much damage like that exact situation ref comes in he says you got to show me something and then the guy kind of moves his head and they let it keep going but this guy just jumps in out of nowhere with two seconds left and stops it for some some light punches to the side of the head it was an awful stoppage um and uh, yeah i mean what can you say i mean when it's that close you gotta well, if you're the ref i get you gotta have some awareness of how much time's left on the clock and you gotta let these guys fight like and to stop it's not like I get it. I get stopping the fight with two seconds left if it's like if he's out of it pretty much. But he was completely in it. Maybe he was a little tired, but he wasn't he wasn't out of it by any means. I mean, Antigulov, he's only got one round in the gas tank, so I don't think it affected the outcome of the fight at all because um, <laughs> he's notoriously a one-round fighter. So I'm not going to get too upset about it because of that. But, I mean, a lot of other situations, it's just an awful stoppage. Yeah, um... And he heard the clapper go off because I saw him raise his hand, the ref. And uh, Antigulov had thrown an uppercut like two seconds before he stopped the fight. And he had his earmuffs on, and all he was doing was getting punched in the hands. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Other than if you had a if you had a, prop bet, a round prop bet on there, that would have been great, but I didn't. Um, this leads us to a, a mini broadcast breakdown situation where everybody on the panel agreed that it was a gr- phenomenal stoppage because... <laughs> Bitch boy Dan Hardy was there, and we we know what happens when they don't stop the fight too soon. He gets upset. So, yep. I mean, now he's now he's changing the outcome of fights. This is the this is the domino effect that he started three months ago when he. Do you think that all of these tried to fight Herb Dean? Because this there's another one we're gonna get to later that I thought was an early stoppage. But do you think it has to do with Dan Hardy being on the call? Why these refs are like God? I don't want this guy to jump in the cage and fucking chew me out on <laughs> national tv uh i'm just gonna be a little uh, early on this 
I don't know about that, but I know I'm sure that's why on the panel they're all saying this was a great stoppage when it clearly was a terrible stoppage. But we get two early I think stoppages all afraid. in one night, and there's only two spots well, to possibly do an early stoppage on this card. I feel like besides, yeah, there wasn't that many spots to do it, and both both of them happened. I feel like so. I mean, I think you yeah. know even if it wasn't consciously, maybe subconsciously, we have a you know Dan Hardy's a little at fault for these early stoppages as well. <laughs> Well, I'm sure I'm sure that's why Herb Dean was off his game for a while after that happened. When a, when a ref makes a bad decision, they generally make a couple more after that. They get in their own heads for sure, 100%. Um, when they take a lot of criticism too, it's they they have to feel the pressure. Like what a what a difficult job to begin with, first of all. But early stoppages seem like, I mean, they're fighters. They don't want. I mean, there was two seconds left. You raised your hand. You heard the clapper. You know, there's only 10 seconds left. You're probably counting down in your head. Unless he's taking heavy, heavy damage, and he was not. So, I don't know. This was, this was of the two, this was the worst stoppage. Do you agree with that? Yeah, it was bad, but it, the other one was almost as bad. So, um, but we'll, yeah, we'll get to it. The other one was more high stakes. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know what, I don't know how much Dan Hardy had to do with it, but I, I, I assure you that's why everyone on the panel was like, DC, they were all great stoppage by the ref getting in there, Bob. It's like, yeah. That was not good. Shut and up. normally they would have been had no problem saying that that was a very suspect stoppage. But moving on from that, that was the only real noteworthy thing about that fight. Um, Park Jun Young versus uh, John Phillips. I got a theory on John Phillips. What's they didn't make him change his name. Yeah, they didn't make him change his name from White Mike Tyson to uh, the Welsh Bomber Destroyer or whatever because it was insensitive. They made him change it because he's not worthy of it. <laughs> he's just not allowed to call himself Mike Tyson. Agreed, man. Like... <laughs> That would be a diss to Mike Tyson. Like, and Mike Tyson's a UFC fan, so you know he couldn't. Yeah, they can't have that. Mike Tyson tunes in to see the white Mike Tyson, and uh, and it's John Phillips. So on his back flopping. Yeah, and I mean, I got another thing on this fight here. Um, do you think this is the on a strikes to damage ratio? Do you think this is the most strikes for the least amount of damage ever in UFC history? Yes. <laughs> well, it's the most strikes, so it has to be. Could there ever be? I mean, it was the most strikes landed in a UFC fight, so I think it has to be. But did it end up being he didn't, he most didn't, fights? And I know it was the most at 185, but that was going into the third round. So in the third round, there was quite a bit. I think they, I think they said in his uh, post-fight interview that that he broke the UFC record for most strikes landed. Wow. Either way, it was a shitload of strikes, and yeah, I think it was the least damage. Did he had the worst cut of the fight? Um, yeah. Park from one Young. elbow from the bottom. Also, that guy was hilarious. <laughs> Did you watch his post-fight interview and stuff? No, I didn't. Uh, <laughs> Park Jun Young, I was not, I didn't know much about him coming into it, but he was really funny. His English was like just at that breaking point where it's like sounds funny and he's funny, so it like. But nice, uh, I'll have to check him out. He, yeah, he was pretty funny. Um, back to John Phillips usually though. What you don't is he on? Is he maybe funny Asians? You know, unless they're like stand-up comedians. No, either. Well, they're pretty usually yeah, guys, they're usually, usually a lot more serious. Yeah especially in the in the UFC but no this guy he was funny um John Phillips though how many fights has he had in the UFC two or three uh yeah not many I can look it up real fast Hold on not not he hasn't he hasn't fought out a contract yet has he I don't think so I think I think he just started in, in the COVID fights unless he was in the UFC like a while back and got did cut. he have one well um that's what I'm getting to I think he's well on his way to getting cut oh no doubt um I don't you know, unless he starts bringing some of that the white Mike Tyson back, um, 
He's uh, he's in trouble. Yeah. So oh, he's got quite a few well, fights. He got a- so wow, he's got one, two, three, four, five, six, and he's one one. He's uh he's Jeepers. one in five in the UFC. Yeah. I think the one he won was in like twelve seconds or something too. The white Mike Tyson. So there you go. That yeah. one win. Carried carried him a long way. I was just thinking, man, he's got to be on a way to get cut. Everyone gives going to give you a pass when you got you're the first guy to get your ass kicked by Kamzat, but you got your ass kicked worse by Park Jun Young. Which speaking of Kamzat, what's he doing popping up in the back room with uh, John Phillips giving him some takedown pointers that clearly didn't help. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what is up with that? Like he John Phillips needs a little more than a few tips uh, pre-fight to uh, to pull a win out at this point. I feel like. But I'll give this guy looking at um, looking at his fight history in the UFC. He doesn't he doesn't take easy fights at all. He's fought Charles Bird, who ain't bad. Kevin Holland, Jack Marshman. His one win is against Alan Emma Davowski, who I've never heard of. Um, and then Kamzat, and then Jung Young Park. So he doesn't take easy fights. He's in there. He's in there getting his ass beat against some good competition, at least. Yeah, give him credit for that. So maybe that's why they keep him around. I don't know. But yeah, this one was brutal. Well, I mean, I don't think he was hurt, but he just lost terribly. So exactly. So yeah, he's he's probably if he doesn't get cut, cut on this after this fight, it's he's got one more, and then if he doesn't if he doesn't show some of those knockout skills again, he's out for sure. Yeah, I don't think he can go one and seven and get another contract. That is a four fight contracts. Yeah, usually. I mean, I'm surprised he got one after. I mean, maybe he he might have gotten. Oh no, you wouldn't get cut on a win. But he lost three, one, one, and then now he's lost his last two. So, um, yeah, maybe he must have just got this contract due to that last win, would be my guess. <laughs> and due to COVID. Yeah, exactly. Or was it pre-COVID? All right. Well, yeah. I mean, Welsh Welsh Mike Tyson will call him. That's what he should change his name to. Right. Although, again, I don't think he's worthy of the Mike Tyson. So we'll move on from him though. To um. Gar, I don't know how to say these guys' this names. Is, They're it's, uh, Martrus Gamrat versus Guram Kutataladze. Yeah, there you go. You're far better at names than me. So we had a Polish. Well, I don't know what he what. Maybe he wasn't Polish, but he was. Uh, yeah, he was Polish. He had the Jan Blakowicz sh- sh- looking shorts on versus, um, I believe, a. I don't know if he was Chechnyan or what he was, but anyways, this was a really good fight. This was a very technical fight. And um, I don't know if they did. You agree with the decision? Um, yeah. At first, watching it live, um, I had Gamrat on some parlays, so I thought it was closer than it was. Watching it, I watched a few of these fights somewhat live on my phone while I was out. Uh, but um, this was one of them. But then I wasn't watching them too closely, so I thought going to decision it was kind of it was could go either way. But after watching it back, um, I thought Kudelatze clearly won the fight. Um, so maybe somewhat close, but I, I think, um, Kudelatze winning is, is the right scorecard. Um, I think that, uh, Graham edged, edged out the first round. I think, uh, or Kudelatze, I think he, um, he won round two as well. And, um, round three was, uh, was close and it was Gamrat's best round. Um, and that one could have gone either way, but I thought rounds one and two were, uh, were pretty clearly for, uh, Kudelatze. Yeah, and after the fight, he was not too uh, 
Did you watch this post-fight interview? No, I didn't see any of the post-fight interviews. So. Oh, he said he t- got the mic. He said, uh, "He, I am honest man, and I did not win this fight, or something along those lines." Really? He said this this decision number one bullshit. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, man, it wasn't that. It was close enough to where it wasn't. Um, it wasn't that far off. I thought he kind of. I kind of thought he won too. So either way, um, this was just a good all-around fight. It wasn't. It was super technical. Just a really solid fight. I mean, there was a lot of like uh, a lot of uh, takedowns, yeah. which I know you hate that, but they weren't like no, this was, they weren't like boring takedowns. It was yeah, it was good because it was it, it went to the ground and it, there was good scrambles on the ground, so it was interesting. Yeah, it, kept, it wasn't just I hate when they take down and nothing happens. Like if there's scrambles, scrambles I think are maybe the best part of the ground game. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it's always fun to see them roll around and then see who comes out in the better position. Uh, but as yeah. you know, as far as if you're just going to take him down and hold him there, that's another thing. But, um, and I was surprised that Gamrat wasn't able to, uh, you know, have more control. I thought, you know, Kudeladze did a very good job of, uh, scrambling and keeping, um, you know, keeping things going and getting back to his feet. Um, you know, uh, Kudeladze, he throws some, some good kicks with some heat on him. And, uh, and I think, yeah, you know, his striking is what edged him out the, the round and, you know, he, he would lose these rounds if he wasn't able to scramble. If, if Gamrot was able to get um, somewhat control uh, on the ground after these takedowns, he wins this fight, but he wasn't, and, um, and Kudeladze striking was just um, was just clearly better than Gamrot. So good fight, but I, I thought Kudeladze definitely won. Yeah, and both of these guys are good, so we'll see more of them coming, coming forward. I know uh, Gamrot was a, like, 12-0, somewhat of a prospect. I don't know. This may have been his debut, but... He looked, both of them look good. Like, there's no real losers in this one. Yep. So, Agreed. it was a good fight. Next Except up, Jimmy Crute versus Modestus. Because, um, oh, yeah. Because you had him on. Way, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Those always hurt the worst. Um, next up, Jimmy Crute versus Modestus Bukaskis. And Jimmy Crute was a wrecking ball in this fight. He dropped him a couple times before finishing him off. Um, he was clearly. Clearly the bigger, stronger guy in this fight. Um, Modestus Bukaskis, I forgot about this last week. He got his win in the UFC, previous win in the UFC, during um, uh, Octagon Gate swinging open and his opponent falling out of it. Uh-huh, so yeah. he was kind of 1-0 off some bullshit. Yeah, I, I didn't put – I knew I saw him fight. I forgot I forgot all about that. That was not that dude's fault. I forgot his name. Um, hard, hard to say name, but anyways – I don't think he was in the same league as uh, Jimmy Crute, who appears to be improving every fight. Yeah, he is. And some people, you know, he was a, he was kind of considered a pretty good prospect at the beginning. Um, then he lost to Misha Serkinov, and people kind of started to write him off. But now he's looking like he's uh, getting to be the real deal again. You know, Misha Serkinov might have just been a little too much too quick. Um, before that, he had beaten Sam Elvey and Paul Craig, which aren't, you know, aren't slouches. So he had two decent wins up until that fight, the Misha Serkinov fight. He loses that one. But, I mean, Misha Serkinov's a pretty legit fighter, so you can't give him too much, uh, you know, for a young guy only being 10-0 and 0 at the time. Like, that's, that's a tough fight for, um, for such a young prospect. He's pretty green at that point. So. But he seems to be putting it together every fight and, um, you know, getting a little better. So I think he, you know, he's ready for a, another step up in competition. Maybe not quite Misha Serkinov level, but, you know, not too much lower than that. I think he's uh, starting to put it all together and um, – you know, maybe uh, able to make a run here um, coming up. Yeah, and certainly hits very. He's a, definitely a power puncher, which is a uh, 
a good skill to have, especially a 205. Yeah, and he has good, and, uh, good wrestling and stuff too. So he's he's got yeah. It he's just a strong dude. He's just we need G, we need Joe Rogan to call one of his fights because we need to hear about how big his legs are, how strong <laughs> his legs look. Yeah, right. Because even I noticed that. So um, we need Rogan in there to really let it, to really describe it for us. But um, sick knockout though, like highlight highlight real knockout, like yeah. dropped him, stands up, drops him again, drops him again. Puts his lights out, folds him up against the cage. Yeah, this is definitely and then uh, kinda, the JLT knockout of the night, in my opinion. So I'm giving it the, oh, yeah, uh, for the sure. award. There was not the other were the other, the rest of them were kind of TKOs. They weren't like super clean. This was a a legit you know knockout, like a really good uh, stoppage here on this one. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll move on from that one. Our JLT knockout of the night, and uh, we'll move on to Caitlin Chukagian versus Jessica Andrade. Um. Jessica Andrade wins this shot by bot wins this fight by body shot. Uh, little disclaimer: I want I bet on Caitlin Chukagian. Uh, I talked her up a little bit last week, but I feel like I should get my money back. I got scammed. Apparently, she was talking all week about how like she's looking forward to like stopping fighting and starting a family. So if I had heard, if I had even caught wind of that, no chance I would have laid down any bets on her, and uh, that. That was my own my own fault, but still, I feel slightly scammed. Like it, the the fix was in. If you know a fighter like is talking about getting out and it's a fight week, you're in big trouble. But and um, that being it's my said, own fault she, for not keeping up on it. Fight. It's not like she was fighting a bad fight, yeah. and I think it was an early stoppage. Um, I think she definitely. There was ten seconds left, I think, when they stopped it. Um, I didn't think she was taking very much damage at all. Yeah, she took a body shot that kind of kind of curled her over, but she wasn't out of it. She was still protecting herself. Um, so I think it was a really early stoppage, actually, almost as bad as the as the earlier one, but not quite as bad um, because she was actually hurt somewhat. But I didn't think that she was hurt enough to warrant um, warrant them stopping the fight uh, over the body shot. Because I guess if you look at it, she hit, lands that one big body shot that kind of she kind of runs away to the back and then she lands another one just got Andrade what's they call it right after it but it wasn't like she was completely you know you sometimes you see a body shot and they're like they're done you know like they're just going to take some Jeremy to Stevens she was uh, actually like Aldo. covering up and there was only 10 seconds left so it's like you know be aware of how much time's left on the clock once again and um if they're covering up and you know, and they're not out cold, like let it go. You know, it's this, I thought it was a pretty early stoppage and um, I'm not going to, you know, nothing against Andrade. She looked really good. Uh, you know, she's a dog. She, br- she brings it every single fight, but Caitlin Chikagian, it's not like she, you know, for having talking about retiring and starting a family and whatnot, it's not like she gave this fight up. Like she was in it. She was going toe to toe with Jessica Andrade up until the, the stoppage there at the end of the round. So, um, I'm not too against Caitlin Chikagian. I think that they, you know, if they fight again, this is a, a close fight, you know, and I, I could see her winning. Um, but yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. Well, as a rule, as a rule, I wouldn't have bet on somebody who was talking like that, but the, I think most impressive, I think if she could get it to the ground, her jujitsu looked really good. I, Oh yeah. Chikagian off her I, back looked really good. She's throwing up triangles, throwing up submissions, arm bar attempts. So yeah, I mean, yeah. I think this is a fight that she could win. Um, if she had more time and she didn't, you know, they didn't stop it early. So, um, nothing against Andrade though. I mean, it was a really nice body shot. I mean, she's got power for having such a size disadvantage yeah. height wise in this fight. Like she really brings it to it and she's never afraid to, uh, 
you know, she never backs down, never afraid of anyone. So, yeah, I mean, it's nothing against Andrade. I just yeah. thought it, it was an early a bad stoppage once again. Yeah, and it wasn't like she was taking headshots or head damage. So, no. <laughs> kind of funny that when she did when she got hit in the body and she kind of like did the little, she looked like just like if you put a normal person in the octagon and they took a punch from a real fighter <laughs> right. and then she kind of <laughs> twirled around like ah shit. Looks like some guy at a party. It's like I bet any girl any girl can hit me in the stomach. I won't <laughs> flinch. And then you just get the wind knocked out of you and you run around, turn around, and run away. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, I mean. Felt a little early, but I don't know. Yeah. Again, like you said, most of my predictions just on a, this card were way off. So hopefully, we're gonna look a little better this week. Yeah. Speaking of predictions being way off, main event: Brian Ortega, Korean Zombie. Um, he made Brian Ortega looked like physically looked terrible. His appearance with the shaved head looked like Lurch from the Adams Family. Yeah. But fight wise, looked incredible. This is one of those. Like, have you ever seen? A dude or anyone really go from like being like a man dime to like a a fucking penny, like just from shaving their head. Like he is ridiculous. He looks like a completely different person. He goes from like pretty good looking guy to like uh you know possibly being like a serial killer from Fresno or so someone who beats their wife or something. Like very drastic. He had like difference in yeah. appearance just from uh from nothing but shaving his head. Yeah, he had like the handsome lion mane going on. Like you can be an okay looking guy, but if you have the, like the the handsome lion mane, like the well manicured hair, yeah, he had the, the well taken care of hair. Yeah, everyone kind of like like he had like the Fabio thing going on. But now he kind of looks just like Lurch from the Adams family. Like <laughs> his really eyes does, look all dude. sunken That's in. A good comparison. His eyes look all sunken in. But he was there to fight. Um, I don't know what he was going through. Why he shaved his head. He said it had nothing to do with making weight, although I've seen fighters shave their heads to make weight before, but I don't know. His hair is not like dreadlocks. I don't think it could be that heavy. He donated but, it to charity, um, I guess, so maybe that was why. Yeah. Yeah, so that was a, a nice gesture. But he made Korean Zombie look pr- pretty bad. Um, yeah. I didn't expect that. Yeah, me neither. But rewatching this fight, this is another one. We got it wrong on the prediction, but I could see Korean Zombie winning this fight if that happens again. Like... Honestly, the first two rounds, Korean Zombie wasn't doing that bad besides getting dropped in both rounds. And up until he really got hurt in that second round, he was winning that second round pretty easily until he got knocked Yeah, that down. was his round. Um, mm-hmm. But um, so, you know, if that knockdown doesn't happen, because as soon as that knockdown happened, he was done. The fight was over at that point because he was afraid to close distance and, and get inside where he needed to be to win that fight. But if that doesn't happen and he's able to keep striking on the inside and and getting into his game plan and uh you know kind of getting getting it rolling i could see that fight turning out completely different but you know one strike can really change the uh the outcome of a fight sometimes because it it made him very tentative it made ortega be able to keep him at range the rest of the fight and really um show off his new skill set i mean nothing against ortega i'm you know just trying maybe i'm just sounding salty for uh getting one getting one wrong here prediction but uh no, I, I definitely could see it going the other way, but nothing against Ortega. He fought an amazing fight, and I, I couldn't believe that, you know, his striking was that on point. Like, two years out, you usually, you know, it's coming off a loss, your first loss. I think that was his first loss of his career. A lot, you know, it's either you go one way or the other, and, and Brian Ortega went the right way. He he really um, sounded like, looks like he um, took that two years off to uh, fill some, major holes in his game up and uh and he looks like a completely different fighter this guy's dangerous now i mean 
I'd like to see him against a, somebody who is better fighting at range, maybe a Max Holloway or something. Uh, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's it, it brings a very interesting matchup against um, – um, fuck, why am I blanking on his name? Volkanovski. Volkanovski. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, he's kind of forgettable. But another thing to add to your point of Korean Zombie doing pretty well up until he got dropped by that elbow, he said afterwards on Instagram, and I think he might have even said in the post-fight – he doesn't remember anything after getting dropped. He doesn't remember rounds three, four, and five. Really? Yeah. That I mean, yeah. that that strike changed the outcome of the fight. If you, I just watched it earlier because uh, I had to rewatch this one too because this is one I kind of just watched on my phone at the bar too. But um, yeah, it was um, a completely different fighter in rounds one and two than we saw in three, four, and five. Um, he goes from closing distance, getting inside, landing those power shots that he was landing to just being very hesitant, looking like he, he's not really like confident in his game at all out there. So, yeah, it changed the fight completely. Um, I'd like to see this one again and see how it, it – we're never going to see it again, but it would be cool to – some of these fights it would be cool to see multiple times just to see like how they can game plan to kind of win them, but it's something you're never going to see. So just kind of kind of cool to think of in theory, though, when you're watching a fight. Yeah, and it's sad that we'll probably never see a Korean zombie title shot, but – no. I do have a slightly um, bright side to report. If if Ortega is a bad matchup for Volkanovski, which I have not really started thinking about that one yet, but, it, I mean, it's hard to say. All he has to do is probably neutralize the striking, and he's obviously pro- – I mean, I'm sure he's got better jiu-jitsu than anybody, although I think Volkanovski is a pretty good wrestler. We might get another Max Holloway title shot in the very near, fairly near future. So yeah, I think Ortega could, could be Max be getting his real belt back. Matchup for uh, for Volkanovski. I, I got to kind of look into it more. I haven't really thought about it at all. But um, I mean, no, I mean Ortega's uh, submissions are deadly. So Volkanovski not going to want to get in too close. But he has to get in close to close the distance. He's so damn short. So uh, I mean, mm-hmm. he's going to have to be in range for Ortega to land takedowns and land shots. So I mean, Ortega's can keep him at distance and he's gonna with his the way his striking looked against green zombie should win that fight and uh kind of a points uh like a you know just fighting on points and uh at distance he should be able to beat volkanovsky that way but i mean max holloway couldn't though so that could be easier said than done well he couldn't but even though i think he did the second time but uh yeah, yeah. um but and then if uh if volkanovsky gets in close you know you got you got you risk um the takedown you risk uh Ortega being a jump on your back or locking a guillotine. So, I mean, this it could be a very I don't I don't know if it's a good matchup for Ortega, but it's a very interesting matchup in my opinion. Yeah. And to get to the main point, the important point, does Max Holloway get his belt back out of this hole? He could. Does this I eventually mean, lead to Max Holloway being the champ again? I don't see Brian Ortega even with his striking being so much improved. I don't think he beats uh Max Holloway in a striking match at at range. Um you know, yeah. it kind of it benefited Ortega in this fight that Chan, uh, Korean Zombie's got to get inside to kind of run his game plan. Uh, you know, Max Holloway doesn't. Max Holloway's going to be comfortable at that range uh, fighting Ortega, and I think he's still the better striker, obviously. Uh, Max Holloway yeah. is over Brian Ortega. Y- you know, but, I mean, who knows? We've seen crazier things. You know, sometimes when guys lose their belt, they don't get it back. Yeah, that's something you've said many times. Also... One thing that surprised me right off the bat was Ortega was way bigger than uh, Korean Zombie. I didn't realize the height, the size difference was that much. Yeah, me neither, really. So he was he was quite a I bit thought, bigger. Did did Zombie have a longer reach? 
I something there was something misleading that I looked that I looked into that um he may made me think when, that they were closer in reach, height. You really got to consider height too. Um, so yeah. a guy that has two, if you have a two inch reach advantage, but the guy's three or four inches taller, you don't really have a reach advantage at all. So no, exactly. Yeah. So, so there was something there that surprised me, but overall good main event. This was a title eliminator. So we will see Brian Ortega against, uh, Volkanovsky, hopefully sooner rather than later. Um, I got to think that Ortega is probably ready to fight again pretty soon. And Volkanovsky has been off for a couple months now. So let's hope they can put this one in uh, in pretty quick. But yeah, like you said, Ortega coming off a, earned his way back to another title shot after it looked like it could go either. It looked like he was at a crossroads where maybe he was never going to fight for a title again. And um, yeah, I mean, other than shaving his head, I don't think he made any bad moves that night. So <laughs> maybe it was a good um, move though. Maybe maybe <laughs> shaved head is what he needed to uh, get a little lighter yeah. on his feet, get that footwork going. Move his head a little bit. Yeah. You know, he didn't used to move Stopped his head Stop worrying about his hair like a diva. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So maybe that's what he needed. Yeah. Well, overall, good card. Um, I don't know what I'd give it for a rating. To As a lead-up to a huge pay-per-view, though, I give it like – it's as, as good as you get as far as that goes. Usually the, pre, the card right before a pay-per-view is uh, pretty, uh, like, somewhat low quality, but this one was – Solid all the way through. So I don't know if I could give it a rating, maybe like a seven, six and a half, seven. But yeah, that's what I um, give it. Six and a half, probably. Yeah. So solid card. Another ESPN Plus card. Like I think before COVID started, we were on like ESPN Plus or uh, UFC on ESPN Plus five or something like that. And now we're on like forty. It's just every week is another ESPN uh, or UFC on ESPN Plus. But we'll move on from that to our fighter stocks from the card. Anyway, on a positive note, George St. Pierre is back. Fighting business, it's like the stock market. Some guys, sometimes their stock is high, some guys their stock is low, and it's a question of timing. I wanted to make a big boom in my comeback, and like I said, it's like the stock market. Right now, the guy who has the highest stock, right now it's Michael Bisping. All right, so fighter stocks with GSP. We'll start with who we got going up. Uh, I'll start. Yeah, I got Brian Ortega. Um, yeah, like we just went off about him, so I don't really have to say much, but yeah, it looked great (laughs) in this fight. So yeah. And I got Jimmy Crute for another great knockout. Um, and the 205 division being so sparse right now that, um, I mean, he's, his name's going to come up more and more. So, uh, Jimmy Crute went up. Yeah. I got, uh, Guram Kudalase. Um, you know, didn't think he won the fight, but he definitely did one win the fight. I'm here to tell him, um, and look good doing it. So yeah, we got uh, Kudelaze going up. Um, James Krause beating Claudio Silva on fairly short notice. Not as short notice as his last fight, but fairly short notice. Um, they made a big deal about Claudio Silva being undefeated. In, uh, he was 14-1. and one. He lost his debut or his first fight ever, pro fight ever. Um, I don't know what this guy's deal, Claudio Silva's deal is, but he's basically a fraud. Um, so... James Krause got a good win over him though, and it looked good because everyone said this guy's never, this guy hasn't lost in yeah, years or whatever. That and, was uh, one I think I was going to include, but didn't for some reason on the on the recap. But yeah, he uh, James Krause looked good. Uh, good to see him get a win. You know, he's he's one of the one of the good, uh, you know, a really good fighter, but also a great coach. So not many guys are actively fighting and and a legit head coach as well. So um, always good yeah. to see him in there getting wins. And always coming in on short notice. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. I just I guess he's there cornering people. He just pops in and fights as well. Yeah. All right, who else you got to get going up? Uh, going up, uh, Jessica Andrade. Um, although I thought it was an early stoppage, it was a good fight. So and um, and she just showed that you know she's she's competitive at any division that she wants to fight at one fifteen, one twenty five, or one thirty five. She's even fought at. So yeah, we got Jessica Andrade getting a little up. title shot buzz. Getting some title shot buzz. Yeah, I mean I could see it. Um, <laughs> you only got to beat one person in that division. Yeah, so. exactly. She's probably the most you know worthy at that division right now i would you yeah know. Mo- probably the most popular and the most worthy so and the most decorated so i say go for it um jonathan martinez i would say is a good one going up uh he beat thomas almeida he was actually the underdog barely though plus 120 uh this this guy's gotten quite a bit better as his career's gone on i don't know if it's just how he looks but he's he he's hard kind of to it's hard kind of hard to have confidence in him leading into a fight but he looked really good beating Thomas Almeida, who's been off for a couple of years, but still kind of has that luster from when he was a very high, highly regarded prospect coming through. Yeah, and uh, I got um, yeah Park Jun Young or Jun Young Park, however you say it. I don't know. I think you could do last. So Jun Young Park, I think is how you say it. You can it. do you can do it either direction. I think. All right, cool. Well, we're going with Jun Young Park, I guess. Uh, but um, yeah, going up, set the uh, the strikes record. So you know you got to be going up in that case. Yeah, can't go down. Speaking of going down, we'll start with uh, – I'll start going down. Um, I'm just trying to figure out who I want to rank first overall going down. Uh, first going down, I'll say Thomas Almeida. He had a lot to lose coming into this fight with two years off. Um, like I said, he was a highly regarded prospect until he got buzzsawed by Cody Garbrandt. But that doesn't mean you can't bounce back from that. And uh, But this loss here after a couple years um, – Props to him for coming back after it seems like he had a lengthy uh, lengthy bout with injuries and uh, surgeries and stuff. But um, unfortunately, he lost the fight. So I think any of the luster he had for coming back, I think, kind of faded. Yeah. So his, his really stock goes down. And his loss. So, yeah, definitely no. uh, definitely going down. I think uh, my, my first going down will be uh, the white Mike Tyson, John Phillips. Um, <laughs> guy's a punching bag out there. He uh he deserves to go down so the literally. guy can't stop a takedown like he literally could not stop a takedown if his life depended on it and i've i'm not gonna i don't think i'm going on a limb here saying you know jungian park probably not a great wrestler either and he's getting taken down with ease so john phillips definitely yeah, going every down. time every time he got taken down yeah um i'll say i'll say as hard as it is for me to say i say uh korean zombie stock has to go down a little bit he just didn't look like himself he kind of looked like he had an off night again he got dropped in the second round by a pretty pretty strong elbow, spinning elbow, and uh, he just wasn't the same after that. Again, he said he didn't remember anything after that. So, um, But he didn't look great. He didn't get the fight to go the way he wanted to, as in getting in one of his classic brawls and coming out on top. So um, came in as a minus 200 favorite and left with a loss. Yep. Yeah, I agree. And I got uh, Modestus Pekakis going down. Um, you know, after the first ever TKO victory by opponent falling out of the cage, he, he's going down <laughs> big time from here. Couldn't get Crute to fall out of the cage this time so and got knocked out cold and uh, was on the receiving end of the JLT knockout of the night. So um, you're definitely going down in, in that case. So Yeah, that is true. Uh, I got Last one I got is Claudio Silva. He was undefeated in the UFC, 14-1 and in his career, like spanning like 15 years 
And uh, he, he came in as a small underdog, which if you saw him fight, it's surprising. That was probably a smart bet to take James Krause at minus 120. But I just I see these guys that are like they haven't lost in like five years or six years or seven years. And it's like, who are they fighting? How do they they must pick their opponents so carefully and uh, basically just try to crush cans like uh, like Michael Venom Page over in Bellator. Yeah, especially these guys that are undefeated for that long and and don't get to the UFC quickly. So, you know, when yeah. you got like when you're like 20 and 0 or something or 18, 15 and 0 and you you know, you didn't get to the UFC when you're like 5 and 0 or 10 and 0, that probably means like there's a reason. Um, you know, Sean Shelby, they know what they're doing when they're looking at these guys. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely suspect when you're, you know, you're that dominant and then it takes you that long to get into the UFC. Yeah. So, uh, that's my last stock going down. You got any more going well, down? And and I got Anna Gulov going down. Um, but you know, this, I think this might've been the best outcome for him because he's on his way to a loss and now he can just say he lost because of a bad stoppage. So he's going down, <laughs> but possibly the best outcome for him in that fight. Yeah. I think I agree with you there. Um, yeah, so that'll do it for our stocks. Uh, next up we have, oh, our segments. We have our, isn't he awesome? Shout out and our weekly call out. You, you know, you, you know, what, you know what Connor told me? He says, I want Khabib in Russia. <laughs> Is he fucking awesome? He's like, I want Khabib in Russia. Yeah. Connor McGregor is a fucking unicorn. There's nothing like him. And uh, he's, 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 he's working on boxing Floyd Mayweather. And then he's talking about Khabib in Russia right after. It's just, those are the kind of things that make that kid a fucking superstar. You know? I got guys telling me, eh, I don't want to do, 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 you know, fucking, I don't want to fight this guy and I don't want to do this. I want Floyd Mayweather and I want fucking Khabib in Russia. How do you not love him? How do you not love Conor McGregor? So I will have you go first for Isn't He Awesome. All right, I'm going to go with, it was my take of the week, but Justin Gaethje and new going to be my Isn't He Awesome because he's 100% going to beat Khabib Nurmagomedov. I went on a rant about Khabib earlier, most overrated fighter in the UFC of all time, the goat of overrated, in my opinion. And I think Justin Gage is going to take him down. I'm just trying to say it as many times as I have to and just will it into existence. So, um, yeah, I'll probably throw that out there. Selling out on it. Selling out on it. Yeah. Um, I'm going to just stick with yours as well and say Justin Gaethje. And, um, mine has nothing to do with Khabib. It has more to do with just, uh, I just think sports are better when we have a good old-fashioned American versus uh, Russian rivalry. So who would I really be to jump over and take the Russian side? You know what I mean? Like the uh, Miracle on Ice, America versus the Russians. It's like this is like Rocky Four. Yeah. So hey, I got- we got Rocky, perfect guy, Rocky, Justin Gaethje, when, um, going over to fight. The- on Saturday afternoon when Justin Gaethje's the uh, light heavyweight or light heavyweight, lightweight champion of the world, um, do you think um, Khabib gets an automatic rematch, or do you think he retires? Do you think he, you know, he's talking about only fighting once or twice Ooh. more. So do you think he, uh, you think he calls it quits if he uh, if he gets a loss here, or does he retain the title and then quit and then retire? I get, or does he fight yeah. and try to win the um, title back and then retire? Well, we're not going to be able to hear from him on Saturday because he's going to be unconscious. But when he wakes up, I'm not sure what he'll decide. We won't be able to take him at face value when he wakes up. And uh, you know how they talk when they get woken up from being knocked out. They say some crazy stuff. So um, I don't know if he really only wants to fight 30 fights. 
and you lose you lose the belt like why even go why even bother i guess but i don't know you can't really uh count him out of uh i mean he's this is pretty much his life so um yeah i don't know but this is uh this is rocky versus ivan drago so i'm a yeah, we're going with the underdog the the puncher's chance even though i've very, made it very very clear through years and years of terrible picks and terrible bets you can't just go with the classic he's always got a shot if he lands he's got a shot yeah more often um, than not when you're when you say that <laughs> he loses you know that's never a good thing like he you know all he's got to do is land one well you know he tend to not land one when you say stuff like that that's almost that's that's the worst that's the worst strategy going into a fight um for betting but it's the most attractive because it's so much fun but I'm just going patriotic on this one. Like you can see the American flag in my background. We're just doing the old like 20, 30, 40 years ago. Like we would have had no choice. It's like you take the American. So I just think the world's better when we have a good old fashioned sports rivalry with the Russians. And um, I'm not getting stuck on the opposite side of that. I'm not being going to be uh, not going against the red, white, and blue. Agreed. And I think Justin Gaethje's a perfect Rocky. So he really um, is. The numbers. His whole life was a one in a million shot. So just like Rocky. So. Um, yeah, it's going to be, um, they're going to make a movie out of this. Let's go. And, uh, Justin Gaethje, isn't he awesome? I got one more. Isn't he awesome? I'm going to do this every week until we, uh, get our second loss, but Chicago bears, um, you know, all right. uh, Big Dick Nick is going to take us to the promised land. I think I might be, uh, I might be, I might be shouting him out till the Super Bowl Cause I don't know if we're going to lose again. Yeah, um, I would. I'm gonna narrow it down. I'll also steal yours on this one. I'm gonna narrow it down to the Chicago Bears defense because they go. played unreal. But again, how funny is this with Nick Foles? As we pretty much giving ourselves away that all we do is watch football and UFC. But um, how funny is it that everyone like just kind of bashes Nick Foles? Like he's not great. He's not that good. Like, but then then they turn around and they're like, well, anything can happen when Nick Foles is your quarterback. He's the perfect so Chicago like, Bears quarterback because we're not that good. Exactly. So, you know, we, we need a not that good quarterback to take us, our not that good team to the Super Bowl. Yeah. You know, and we weren't that and good in said, 2005, well, 2005, 2006 season when we made it to the Super Bowl and lost Peyton Manning. Um, you know, we yeah, actually were Rex Grossman. awful offensive wise. Our defense <laughs> and uh, Devin Hester scored the majority of our points that year, but um, so anything can happen. Yeah, that was that was quite a ride. Um, and Nick Foles is far better than Rex Grossman. So um, he said so it best, though. Nick Foles said it best. Oh, yeah. I am telling you there's a ch- one in a million. So you're telling me there's a chance. Yeah, I would say I don't know about one. It might be a little better than one in a million. I don't know. But, one in 32 um, at least, right? There's only 32 teams. There's more that I think there's more that goes into the probabilities <laughs> than that, but we're gonna ride with that. I like I think that's as good as our odds are gonna get. Yeah. So, um, like he said though, and he said it best. So that's why he's perfect Chicago quarterback. Rather win win ugly than lose pretty. So, um, let's go. BD BDN. He's our guy, and I think if we had a full full preseason and off season, he would have been the starter anyways. Um, Mitch Trubisky sucks. Like that could be my call out. Like he just. He, the guy can't hit open guys like yeah kicking him when he's down but and it's like that was a terrible pick like one quarter every other game he'll look like uh the MVP of the league or something he'll just throw for four yeah. touchdown passes and in, in 10 minutes but then look like he doesn't you know he then he looks completely awful the rest of the you know the next eight quarters or whatever so yeah he's 
Yeah, he I mean, looks like I could see what his... they might have saw on him. I don't see what they saw on him to draft him over, you know, the people that they draft him over. I don't even want to talk about it. We don't even need to say their names. Yeah, those we don't even need to say their names. But um, <laughs> I can see what they saw on him somewhat. Um, when he does look good, he looks really good. But the majority of the time, he looks awful. So. Yeah, I I always do that. That my eye test with him is like, when you see Aaron Rodgers hit an open receiver, it's always in stride. The receiver doesn't even have to like. They could close their eyes and just be running with their hands out, and it would land in their hands. When uh, Trubisky hits guys, they got to go find the ball and go get it because he's just like he he's like wearing a blindfold, and it's like you're throwing over here. Go ahead and let it fly. So, but he's not the starter anymore. We don't have to bash on him too hard. We're here to celebrate five and one. Is that right? Five and one, or is it four five and, and one? one? Five and one, four. And one. Yep. Five and one. See, only loss was an ugly one. But that was a Thursday night game, and those don't count. Yep, exactly. So, so really, five and zero. Actually, I think it was not a third. They won an ugly Thursday night game against the Buccaneers, so it was actually a Sunday game against Indy. Still but doesn't count. That was only Nick Foles. Nick Foles' first start. He needed a he needed to work it in, break it in. So, so yeah, I uh, I agree with you on both of those. We got Justin Gaethje and the Bears. We will move on now to our weekly callout. Anderson Silva. You absolutely suck. Super Bowl weekend, the biggest rematch in the history of the business. I'm calling you out, Silva, but we're up in the stakes. I beat you. You leave the division. You beat me, I will leave the UFC forever. All right, so my weekly call-out this week, I thought about making this my Isn't He Awesome, but I'm going to go with call-out, is uh, Jeffrey Tubin from CNN and a few other places. Um, he is a CNN reporter who was on a Zoom call and inexplicably whipped out his dick and started beating it. What? He thought... I haven't heard about this. <laughs> you didn't. You didn't hear about this. All right, if you I don't, don't know the news, Google, though, so. go, just Google him, and uh, you'll recognize him. You'll recognize him from a lot of stuff. He's been on. He's been in a lot of stuff on the news, and I, I think he was like a. I don't. I don't want to say the name of a paper or anything he wrote for, but he wrote for a paper. Anyhow, talk about a talk about a mess up here. He thought the camera was off, and the he thought the microphone was muted, but neither were the case, and. uh the reason I made this my call out instead of my isn't he awesome because uh, uh, if he's doing this, then there's probably like a whole subculture of people doing this. This is probably like some sort of weird thing that a lot of people are doing that we don't know about. Um, yeah, what? I just what is this? <laughs> like, what? What? What were they talking about that gave him the urge to beat off um, as soon as he got the camera? I think it's off. some. I think it's, and I guess at one point he pointed the camera at his own dick. So well, the thing is, I don't know most if he, of the time when we finish just like that, I start furiously masturbating so <laughs> that's what i was gonna say i don't think you've ever turned i don't think you've ever turned your camera off so he's probably been turning his camera off and muting for he you know what i he basically probably is addicted to those uh chat room things where you like chat roulette horny singles in your horny singles in your area want to chat yeah, and uh right. he just had a total meltdown so but i mean this is clearly an issue with this clearly happens like he's basically like social distance Louis C.K. because this is exactly what Louis C.K. was doing just live and in person. So um, other than not being funny, which 
uh, he was basically had the same um, same issue. So I don't know how this happens, but I guess I, you could call out Zoom. You could call out him. You could. There's several people have possible <laughs> are possibly at fault here, but this is a wild one. Yeah, it's pretty funny, man. It's like, geez, it must just be like Prominent. the thrill of it. It must, it must be like the thrill. Like I'm gonna like beat off live on air with my camera off or something. But here's the question: Did he just start doing it when he when he got Zoom? Because obviously a lot of people are just now using Zoom and stuff. Or is this something he's been doing for a long time? Probably something. And he's he been finally doing screwed for a up. Long time. I don't think you get caught the yeah. first time you do it, or maybe you do. I don't because know. you get too, you know, you get too comfortable. Yeah. You get too comfortable. Yep. You think it's muted. It's not. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> here's another thing I'm wondering, like. Is he, is he dry rubbing it? Is he, um, you know, is he using lotion? Is he, is he jerking the porn that he has on another tab? Is he just using his, using his mind here? Like what, what's he got? What's he doing? Yeah. Is it the, is it the people on the zoom call? Yeah. I've got so many questions. <laughs> I know. And that's, there's too many things we'll... here. So I can, I can figure this out. I, I need to know. I'm, I'm assuming he's unable to reach for questioning <laughs> right now. Uh, but he, this is not like a this is not like a nobody. This is a prominent CNN contributor or news contributor. He's probably worked a bunch of places, but anyhow, yeah. I mean, it's a there's a lot of a lot of unanswered questions here. I don't think he's going to be on the air again for a while, and probably nobody's going to zoom with him for a while. Yeah, I'll zoom <laughs> with him. Tubin, if you're looking for someone to zoom with you, just like that, I'll have you on. And uh, we got- we'll have you on, but you got to keep your hands where we can see them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hands up um so yeah pretty strange i don't i don't know i don't know like if there's ever anybody were in the real world worthy of being called out it's like what were you thinking man i got nick what were you thinking jeffrey touch him tubin <laughs> touch him up tubin yeah i tube lubin tubin <laughs> yeah i i don't know what was going on in his head but Talk about a, this is a bad one. But again, I bet there's a bunch of people, this is like a new, this is like a, the, just the tip of the iceberg, I'm sure, of a whole group of people that are now probably on high alert. We'll never catch them now because they'll, they'll, they'll do the old camp band-aid over the webcam now. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, once one goes So we're not down, catching them. Everyone's going to be a lot, real careful. It's going to be another five, ten years before we catch another one. And the last funny thing about it is, I guess, from what I read, the rest of the Zoom people, and I don't know how many there were, just kept going on like it wasn't happening. They kept the meeting going, and they just didn't say anything. Just and then it was afterwards. Jerking it again. <laughs> they probably all know that he always does this, so it's like not really that oh, yeah. surprising to them. That's true. By the time, usually by the time these guys get caught, they've like basically done it in broad daylight in front of everybody, and it's just never gotten out. So, yeah, I mean, I think they said he at one point he pointed the camera at himself. Um, at his dick. I don't know. Who are we to wreck his good time though? Yeah. What? Who are we? He's got his camera off. Apparently, he thinks it's off, but he's pointing it at his fucking dick while he's jerking it. Still, this guy's fucking nuts. <laughs> he's very misinformed on how technology works. <laughs> it's like it, your camera has and a also, green light, buddy. If the green light's on, you have a Mac. Like I'm looking at it right now. Like kind of. If tell you can see gone. yourself, <laughs> if you can see yourself, then so can they. Right. So. Apparently very uneducated on technology and also incredibly horny. <laughs> All right, so that was that was a good one. Yeah, yeah. Enough of enough of tube and we'll move on. Who you got for a call up this week? All right, so Brendan Schaub, I'm calling you out. Um, I mean, there's a million reasons why we could call out Brendan Schaub, but the most recent one is I don't know if you watch or listen to Fighter and the Kid at all, 
But as we know, no. Brent, uh, Kalen got, um, he got canceled. canceled, basically. He's no longer on Fighter and the Kid, his own podcast, which is a whole different thing. But since since Kalen was canceled, they've got these two, I'm assuming they're black, Malik Malik and some other guy. Uh, but I'm pretty sure they're both black. They seem like it. I don't, I don't watch the video, but they sound like it and stuff. But, so, um, but ever since he started co-hosting with two black guys, he uses the word dog about 500 times an episode now. <laughs> I'm not accusing him of cultural appropriation or anything. Um, you know, I'm not going to cancel him for trying to act black when he's around black people. You know, we're all guilty of that. You know, I'm known to slip a few more dogs than when I'm around my black friends. But it's just it's ridiculous. This guy, I bet if he went back and listened to every single episode of Fighter and the Kid, Shab has never said the word dog in any of them with Kalen. And now Homie. these two guys come Homie. in and I'm no exaggeration. He's saying it 100 times an episode now. It, it's ridiculous. <laughs> He's way too old to be trying to be cool like that, yeah. too. But yeah, come on. He it used, seems so Everything forced. used to be like white girl. He used to talk like white girl lingo. Yeah, yeah. Now, like ho- homeboy. Now he's, uh, now he's hood, I guess. Yeah, he's trying to be. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's just ridiculous. All, all the stuff like, you, you know can call I mean, him dog? out for. Hey, you know, Alex, yeah, Tubin, he's jerking it, dog. Like That's how much he's saying dog. No kidding. He's saying it every other sentence. He's, he's finishing everything with dog. He's rebranding. Which I'm known to say dog every once in a while, but I mean, I've always I throw it in there. I didn't just start when I got a few black co-hosts. Yeah, and we've been also been pushing the raw dog narrative for a while now, which is a whole other ballgame. But um, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> Shab is maybe known to agree with whoever he's around. <laughs> right? <laughs> he just morphs himself into whoever is in his presence into acting and agreeing with everything they say. He's like... Uh, that's exactly that's exactly what he does. He morphs he morphs into the into the person he thinks they want him to be in the room. Yeah. So he gets in with the people. He can literally he's just acting black all of a sudden. He gets in there with Rogan and he's a fucking elk hunter all of a sudden. He gets in, you know. And he just agrees. Just agrees with everything. Even if, if you say the exact opposite then. Tubin, he'd probably be jerking off with him. No joke. He probably <laughs> would have started masturbating on the Zoom call along with Tubin. In front of the other 12 people, if uh, just because he wants to be like other people so badly. He put his mouth up to the camera. <laughs> right here, Tubes. Some say your dick is the biggest. <laughs> oh, 100%. 100%, dog. 100%. I think, I think you'd be surprised. You're huge. I think you'd be surprised. <laughs> yeah, classic... Classic shot, but we could call out all the time. I uh, I think I moved on from hating him, but definitely I don't uh, I do not um, I don't consume any of his products. So plus he's got like fifteen podcasts. Like is it? A, I know I know what he's doing. Like he's securing the bag, but he's got like a bunch. He's just on too much stuff. And also, after crying over Crystalia, he shipped off Callan like it was nothing. Oh yeah, and it, it's crazy. Maybe he was crying because he knew the Callan thing was just inevitable at that point again very possible that they knew that they knew some of this they knew the windfall was coming so um and we don't even know what happened with Callum, but he's on karate combat so apparently they're not canceling him yeah they're not giving up on him how shab did Callum, you know you started this podcast yeah and you immediately just fucking cancel him he's still on the intro though you're not gonna take him off the intro yeah i do i again i i don't i've never i've listened to it a long time ago but I don't know. I'm not up to date on it, but 
I knew that he wasn't having him on anymore. And it's which not, and not like probably, he was uh, like guilty as charged for sure. It's something that like hearsay from 30 years ago. So although the things yeah. the woman says, Callan said he said sound exactly like something would Callan would say. So it makes me think that he probably did do it. There's probably where there's smoke. In this case, where there's smoke, there's a little bit of fire. Yeah, she. I forget what it was, but she said there was some sentence that he said about. Yeah. That sounded. It was like evolutionary or something. Word for word, something he's probably said on a hundred podcasts before. So. Yeah, something about like being evolutionary, evolutionarily um, programmed to like want. Yeah. A little bald man to come on to you or something. Yep, exactly, and it was like I'm like all right, Callan definitely did it because he for sure said that. <laughs> right up his alley yeah yeah <laughs> this isn't about counsel this is about shab and uh here's a call i always i always give shab credit um the, the i don't know if you ever heard there's this uh tv show called kingdom i think it's called i watched it it's where um it's like an mma show the ufc one brother yeah i watched the first season yeah it's pretty good actually i liked it but Callan plays has the worst accent oh, I've ever seen in my the life. Promoter guy. The promoter guy. Yeah, he's the promoter. And it is the worst job of acting I've ever seen. I'm not, you know, Kellen always talks about how long it took him to get into acting and all this stuff. And he's only recently been successful because of his podcast and stuff. But after watching Kingdom, I know why Kellen's never been a famous actor, why it took him 30 years to land his first sitcom, because he is absolutely fucking awful in that show, man. He is awful. He tries to play like the stereotypical scumbag promoter guy, and he's, yeah, he's just like... Foreign, yeah, it, foreigner sleazebag? Yeah, he, he looks like... He's, he seems like an actor in a porn movie or something. Like he, He's just so bad at acting. He's awful. <laughs> well, don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure that was the exact same character he played in The Hangover. He was, I'm pretty sure it was him. He was the, he was like the wedding guy in the hang. He ran the wedding in the hangover when they got married. Oh yeah. And, uh, he had like the exact same accent. I always forget. Cause I, he was not on my radar back when I saw the hangover, He's like, like in theaters like in like 2009, Russian, but like Russian, like yeah. scumbag promoter accent. And it's just, awful. Yeah. it's so clearly and obviously fake. Like it, it's bad. And I get it. Maybe it's cause I know Callan and I obviously like I've heard him talk a bunch, but I don't think so. It doesn't sound realistic whatsoever. So, <laughs> so we're calling out the whole the whole fighter, fight, the, the whole fighter and the kid. Yeah, they they need to be uh need to be ex-nade. Starting with Brendan Callan or Brent Brendan Callan, <laughs> Brendan Schaub, and <laughs> the same thing to me. What an odd couple, but yeah. Um, speaking of uh bad uh bad accusations, though, we'll move on to the news here. Perfect. Perfect segue. Platinum Perry and Platinum Princess. This this is the this is the saga that never ends. Um, we knew she this had was an interview eventually. with. <laughs> and actually, they've said it a couple times, like they were going to bring it out. But um, she had an interview with MMA Junkie where she said he was abusive and that he beat her. And um, after his loss, I believe she said after his loss to Jeff Neal, he was like completely unstable and. Um, highly physically abusive um did you read the whole story i didn't read the whole story no, i read i just read the parts headline, of it, bits and pieces of it you gotta say i'm, I'm well, not surprised at this point well hear me out on this again if she gave him better advice he would have beat totally jeff neal and this never would have happened yeah of <laughs> course of course we are we're not trying to be the next uh canceled canceled count yeah, right. um Hey, look at these Again, kids talk shit about canceling and canceling, cancel themselves. We do, we do have to admit that we are a Platinum Perry podcast, and so it's in our interest for him to be cleared. And uh, 
I'm not saying that it didn't happen, and I'm not saying Platinum Perry hasn't given a million reasons for people to dislike him or to suspect that he would do something like this, but she said in there that he held her down and ground and pounded her until he was physically exhausted, but she didn't have any injuries. So is something, like, again, maybe it happened. I do not know. No idea. But can you imagine Platinum Perry holding down a female and, like, laying ground and pound on her, and she has no... She said a knee was in her rib... And he was punching her in the face, raining down, hitting her until he was physically exhausted. Maybe he's just punching her in the chest or something, and she had a bunch of bruises. I st- she would still be crushed. Yeah, you know how hard he hits. He'd break her, and break he, her sternum or something. Yeah, until he's gassed straight off a fight camp. He would be in like he would sm- He would he would take my life if he did that to me. Like I'd die. Right, like Anthony Smith beat the shit out of. Uh, uh, 170 pound drug addict and um, put him in the hospital and almost killed him. So, I mean, I'm assuming yeah. Platinum Perry would literally kill her if he did that. Yeah, that's my theory. And she didn't, she would like, she would, I would think that there would be some very strong evidence. And again, I'm not saying it didn't happen. I have not even looked into this, but at the end of the day, sometimes you have to look at stuff like this when there's, again, he's given plenty of reasons to think he, he's, He's his reputation's not good, but these both of these two have been extremely tumultuous since the start, and I don't think either of them have tons of credibility. Yeah, so I'm sure it was it's somewhere some, in the middle with all these stories. Exactly, know? exactly. And if I we have proof that he does stuff like that, like I'm not gonna lie, like I'm not even gonna jokingly be a PMP podcast anymore. If you really would, if he, if we have any proof that he's done something that egregious, but um, again, it's like. These two, uh, like I said, they, neither one of them have a ton of credibility, and it's pretty irresponsible to just put out a story that he does this because I already saw people running with it because of his reputation that he 100% beyond the shadow of a doubt did exactly what she said he did. But, again, she's his, it's his ex-girlfriend, ex-wife. He's already with another girl having some success and having a child, which I wouldn't combine that as a success. I would say that's probably going to cause some trouble down the road, but... Wish the best, the, all the best to him. But there's, there is some things in the path here that I just feel like this. There's some. I look at this through a little bit of a dubious lens, and I would wait for all the facts to come out before I say before I disavow Platinum Mike Perry. Yep. Yeah. Agreed. And like you said, he could have done something, and that's like I'm not saying I'm not defending him and saying like, oh, if he just roughed her up, that's okay, because. He didn't hurt her bad, but I, I'm just saying, like, I don't think what came out of her mouth is probably what happened, is what happened, because it just doesn't add up. Yeah. Um, and I don't have enough facts to say, I, like I said, there's, it may be one of those where there's there's smoke, there's fire, but again, it's just been, they're both been so tumultuous for how many years now? Like, remember the stories five years ago that yeah. he had a wandering eye? Yeah, and exactly. Should we include a... Uh, next thing. If you have been a victim of domestic abuse, please uh, call 7-something-something. <laughs> yeah, the the DV hotline. Like whenever somebody yeah, I mean that, beats somebody up on Teen Mom or something, they always put that at the end of the episode. <laughs> yeah, we may we may have to drop drop the link. No joking matter for, for real, but um, I'm just... Like I said, I just... I saw I saw a bunch of people on Twitter jump on this, like, like cut him now. Get rid of Mike. There's a problem is that there's... There's got to be some due process involved. And like I said, if they cut him because of this, I would have a hard time feeling too sorry for him, even though I wouldn't think it was right because of the, it's his reputation that he's built for himself. Yeah, for, I got 
It's breaking news for it. Lots the UFC of bad behavior. ain't cutting anyone for some a few domestic oh, well, abuse I know allegations. I know they're not. They already booked him for a fight after beating up the old guy at the bar that was on camera. So yeah, I know they're right. not, which again, that was inexcusable. But that, that one was a little different because that guy came at him for inexplicable reasons. So while I disagree with what he did, it wasn't um, anywhere near what he's being accused of now. And I don't know. I, I feel like it's irresponsible of MMA Junkie to just put the story out like as if it's a fact. Yeah, without with no, anything. Um, they, like they didn't ba- like try to fact check the story at all no, or something. And she's been... Like, thirsty to get this interview like how like we saw her posting yeah. shit like got all these stories to tell if anyone like ariel hawani yeah at espnma hit me up like yeah you know so right. like, i forgot she's about like that. really thirsty to get this out there and like you know wants a juicy story probably because she wants to get paid from it or something i mean i yeah and granted like it's it's a touchy subject i don't want to like step over the line or anything you know like yeah no i'm in the same boat i'm in the exact same boat of just kind of trying to bring some balance back that these two are both pretty unreliable sources. So I feel like just remaining neutral and taking the facts as they come. Again, the only reason I'm even getting so in-depth into it, because it is touchy and it's not really our specialty to get into this type of stuff, is that we constantly call ourselves Platinum Mike Perry Podcast. Because in the octagon and on the microphone, we love Platinum Mike Perry. So We're a fan of the, um, the fighter, not the, uh, not the wife beater. Alleged. <laughs> Alleged alleged life beater we're a fan of the theatrics we're a fan of him inside in the fight game yeah so um i guess we'll just see how that unfolds um i don't know if there's an i don't think anything will come of it because like i said i don't think there's enough it's just it's just another strike against him but i mean as far as i know he's still headlining fights or headlining cards so we'll see where it goes and i think he's got a very winnable fight against robbie waller coming up that's going to be a huge um feather in his feather in his cap and uh name on his resume because Robbie Waller just can't punch. So um, we'll see what happens. But we've probably spent too much time on that one. We'll move on to a much lighter, much funnier story. Khabib laying the smackdown on Stephen A. Smith because apparently ESPN doesn't even brief these guys on anything because he jumped in and went straight away to the Conor McGregor questions. Like Khabib's even gonna, like Khabib's even gonna entertain that. Yeah, right. You know how many it's times like, he's know, been asked? Know who you're interviewing. Like this guy does not want to talk about that Stephen A. Smith, and and you should know that. But like Stephen A. Smith acts like he's just gonna, like Khabib's just gonna tee him off for like such a like you know easy question. Or something. <laughs> like it's kind of ridiculous. Well, he's gonna get the hot take he wants. Yeah, exactly. So I got, I kind of got. Let's see. Right, I got here what Stephen A. Smith asked. So it says. Stephen A. Smith said, a lot of times, particularly in the fight game, you talk about giving the people what they want to see, Smith said. One of the things I said last week talking about you, sir, was that you really, really don't want to fight somebody like Conor McGregor again, primarily because you don't like him and you think fighting him again gives him attention that you don't believe he deserves. How accurate is that? <laughs> like, what a stupid yeah. question, first of all. And for those of you who haven't seen it yet, Khabib responds with, right now, even I don't want to talk about this shit. And then they were Max Kellerman was clearly like, like uncomfortable, and um, and then they just cut to the next question. Yeah, and Max Kellerman hates Connor, so um, uh, I'm not. I he like I said, they should shouldn't they have had some sort of briefing? Like this is like Stephen A. trying to disguise himself. Like, don't worry, I know how to talk to these guys. Yeah, right. Boom, Connor McGregor question. Like the they that's the only thing, and every. Every casual journalist has been asking Khabib about Conor McGregor for, what, four years now? 
and, four plus years. And he thinks like basically like disrespecting Khabib almost like in this question. He's like, <laughs> like you really don't want to fight Conor McGregor just because you don't like him and you don't yeah. want to give him attention. And it's like, like all the stuff going on in Khabib's, Khabib's career and life. And it's like, but let's talk about the important stuff. <laughs> Conor McGregor. Scale of one to ten. Uh, we got a business how, how to much run do here. You dislike him. We got ratings to get here. Let's let's get a soundbite about Conor McGregor. Maybe we can get you guys on split screen well, yelling at each other because it's all over <laughs> um, right now. So yeah. regardless, even but I think he it was kind of shut down and look like kind of a fool. I think he got dunked on. He, I think he got dunked on a little bit. He got dunked on, but sometimes you know you get you get dunked on for the ratings well, in that game. You still you get know? the yeah. You still get the views. You, the you still get the views you wanted. It's views over everything. Look at Skip Bayless. He's a total clown, but he gets he he farms hatred exactly. towards him. He farms. <laughs> Stephen A. tries to blend in a little bit, even though he said some crazy stuff. But what was it that he was right about not long ago that um, I had to give him credit for that everyone jumped on him. I don't remember what it was, but um, was it he, his, also, um, he also he also did clean boxing. He said cowboys crisp crisp boxing. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm not giving him credit for that. He said Cowboy took a dive, basically. Oh, yeah, yeah. But then, Cowboy, but then Cowboy admitted, like, Donald showed up, not Cowboy. Like, Cowboy admitted that he just didn't even fight that night. So, um, again, a Conor McGregor, Conor McGregor drama. So, ESPN loves it. Anytime Conor even tweets, they post it. So, yeah, but. they tried Anyways, try to lure Khabib let's in. move on to the next one. It's another Khabib story. It's uh, Khabib Nurmagomedov. We talked about this one earlier, actually, so we don't have to spend too much time on it. But Khabib uh, hints at a magic number for his retirement being 30, and he says 30-0 and 0 is going to be great. So, like we said, he's he's looking past Justin Gaethje. He's saying 30-0 and 0 is going to be great already. Like, that's, that's kind of crazy to be saying, um, you know, when you got a p- potentially his toughest fight of his career coming up this weekend. Yeah, and like you said, he may be looking past it. Did you see where he said something about GSP being a fight that excites him for his last fight? Yeah, I did see that. I, I know they've been talking about that quite a bit, but it sounds like at this stage, I know uh, GSP was working to get down to 155, but it sounds like he's kind of over that, and they kind of he wants it to be a catch weight, which I don't think Khabib really wants it to be. No, I highly doubt but it. But I think for the right amount of money, so, anything can happen. But it doesn't seem like Khabib really cares about money. But, I mean, maybe GSP no. might still at this point. No, no, you're right. I think uh, – I, I remember GSP thinking he could – he's saying he could make 155. Well, but you're right. There's been so much – He said he did make it. Yeah. And there's been so much back and forth with this um, to the point where he said – him and Dana – GSP and Dana have, like, the weirdest – like whenever somebody one of them says something's completely done with off the table, that's when it happens. So like when G, when GSP says no, I was gonna fi- I was trying to f- make make a deal last year. Now I'm done. I'm not doing it anymore. That's when it's like all of a sudden this deal's starting to get looking like it's gonna happen again. But I think the important thing is like you said, looking past Justin Gaethje. Kind of it sounds like this is the uh, even though I highly doubt Khabib's looking past Justin Gaethje, but this is our uh, our clickbait. This is how we're gonna Stephen A. Smith him. Right. We're going to get the hot exactly. takes. And uh, speaking of Conor McGregor, uh, why, why is he fighting at 170? Uh, does, how much steam does that take off the Dustin Poirier fight? Uh, a ton. I don't know why he thinks he's a 170 fighter now. Like He just never has to fight at 155 again. He 
he and but he's just gonna fight 155ers count for 155 fights because they're against 155ers so like some weird loophole where if he loses he gets to say like oh it wasn't at, it was at 170 like it's not <laughs> doesn't go affect my title shot versus Khabib because it was a 170 pound fight but he's fighting 155ers so it should I mean just cut the fucking weight like I don't get it yeah, and I don't think he even has a hard time making 155. But I, I heard that, and I'm just like, if I was, if I was, if my excitement was at 100, it's like down to like 60 because that's just stupid. I, I really think it that's is. Just, it's got to be just a hedge. So like, it, it, you know, it. If he, if he loses at 170, he can still say he deserves shot like a bigger fight at 155 still because he hasn't lost at 155. You know, I think it has to do something. Even though he's like fighting 155ers. Yeah. Still, because he can't fight 170 years. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't make any sense. It's, I mean, it, he needs to get over that. You know, what he really needs to do is just cut back down to 45. That's where it's at. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Even though he, he almost died, and now he is a bulky boy. He's been hitting the weights, no question. He's uh, he's as solid as ever. But you like how I did that? Oh, I did exactly what I accused Stephen A. Smith of doing: is just cutting over to Conor McGregor news. <laughs> right. But. <laughs> So, so that does it for our news. I had to throw that. Oh, no, 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 no. Hold on. We got one more. Yeah, so former You're... UFC fighter praises. This is a JLT investigation. Yeah. So a former UFC fighter praises the Chechen teen who beheaded the French teacher. It's been, it's been a story in the news, like a terrorist attack. I guess this French teacher had drawn a cartoon of Muhammad or something like that. And, um, and this guy went and killed him in the street, beheaded him. Um, and uh, in like a terrorist type attack. But, um. You know, the UFC, they got some some sketch characters coming out of the uh, Chechnya area. I'm Not all of them. This isn't against Khabib. I've, I have hate, hit, <laughs> I've been hating on him all episode, but I think he's a little more Americanized than most. But some of these guys are, are you know, another level. There's a reason why half their corner can't come to fights in the States most of the time. You know, like so they, they're yeah. embedded with some shady characters over there. And I, this just goes to prove it. Yeah, again, and. Um, I just think that they're, we, they're, we're trying so hard to build the sport over there because it's so popular there that they just don't have time to vet everyone and, uh, find out they're not, it's not watched as closely. It's just a, uh, it's almost like a, it's almost like a, uh, a dead zone. We don't really have much information coming or going from there. So it's like, you got to find this stuff out after the fact. And, uh, a lot of it, you just blow just blows over because you got to get the benefit of the doubt. It's like, Oh, well, they're from a different culture. So, um, but this is not the first time I've heard something like this either. So, um, it's, uh, I think more as the sport, as it grows more and we get more of the Russian, uh, Dagestani and, uh, what's the other one next to it, Chechnya, uh, fighters and stuff. We'll, uh, have more information and they'll, I think we'll be seeing I mean, I think more can- of this kind of stuff, like some crazy views coming oh, yeah. out of these guys. Because there's like, there was n- next to no Chechen, uh, Dagestani fighters up until the last five years, and now there's a lot. Like, and more and more are coming into the UFC every day. If they can get a visa, they're in. So, I mean, we're gonna yeah. see more of some crazy takes from these guys. If you're even loosely affiliated with uh, with uh, Khabib, you're in. Yeah, that was gonna be part of my take too. With a uh, Dana loving Khabib more than he loves Connor. Like getting his his boy, Khabib's boy punched Connor and he only got a one year suspension. Tell me that wasn't Khabib, Khabib pulling some strings there and saying, let him back in. Yeah, hundred percent. So, so yeah, I mean that is uh like you said, I think I think stuff like this will be kind of a uh, 
we'll see we'll see some of this going on but that was a yeah that was a crazy story he's he was a former zalim fighter yeah imadev yeah so at least he's not there now so that's a good a good start so we'll see what happens they cut him like anyhow today (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh um anyway we'll move on to our preview now uh, this is a UFC 254, Khabib Gaethje, probably the biggest card of the year, would you say so? Oh, they did cut him, like, earlier today. Oh, really? I don't know if it was earlier today, but his last fight was September 5th, 2020. First Michael Perea. Who did he fight? That dude was, a, that dude was, oh, well, then he got the beating he deserved. I and think then some. it is. Yeah, Zalim Imadayev. Yeah, no, I knew I knew, I knew I knew that name, Zalim. Uh, yeah, he's the one Michelle Perea was slap, open hand slapping and beating Yeah, as soon as I yeah, saw. Yeah, I'm not surprised. I looked at that, once I just saw that name, I'm like, that looks familiar. So I decided I'd Google it. And yeah, it's the guy that uh, Michael Perea just fought. Just beat the shit out of? I don't yeah, know he when was he an got absolute cut. dipshit, too. <sighs> Wasn't that long ago. I think maybe it was shortly after that fight. Didn't um, somebody did. from Khabib's camps said like women should not be allowed in the UFC or something like after like the Nunes Spencer fight or something? It was like uh, I don't remember yeah, who it was. Yeah, I think you're right. I want to say it was like Islam Makachev or somebody said something like that. And obviously, we know that their culture is very different about stuff like that. So, but like, oh no, that's they pretty did bold. release them because of it. UFC released a statement oh. on Tuesday confirming the organization has parted ways with Imadayev. <laughs> so there's, these news articles are making it seem like he fought five years ago. They literally just caught him because of it, because of that statement. Yeah. They should say current UFC fighter. Yeah, because they cut him. They just cut him. Well, bad press they're trying to protect, but yeah, I mean, that dude sucked though. Like he absolutely got his ass kicked. So he got the beating he deserved. We can at least say there's some sort of karma, karmatic effect there. Yeah, and I think he was. Uh, I don't think he ever won a fight. Let's see. Let me double check. Well, here he was like like fifty and zero was like a Chechenian boxer or something. Yeah, he was zero and three in the UFC. He was eight and zero. So, yeah. And then he lost three straight fights to Max Griffin, Danny Roberts, and Michelle Pereira. So he he's not a great fighter. Very padded record. <laughs> yeah, and they. And they were prepping Michelle Perea on that one to get him a get him an easy win. So he didn't do a backflip in that fight though, which I promised everyone he would. Damn. So I think he did. I think it was better though. Exactly. More so focused. We can uh, move on to the preview. Yeah. All right. Back to our preview. I'm glad we cleared that up. Um, I knew I recognized that name too. But our preview: UFC 254, Khabib versus Justin Gaethje. Obviously, we are big on the Justin Gaethje. This is our classic um, thinking with our betting with our hearts, not our heads. Um, we want to start with the main event here and just break it down from there. Yeah, we could just do whatever, um, whatever fights I have listed here. Cause I don't want to talk about any ones. I have no clue what's going on. So um, yeah, yeah, we'll start. We'll start on the. We'll start with uh, Khabib versus Gaethje. Um, Gaethje is a plus two seventy five underdog, which is actually less of an underdog than Poirier. I think Poirier was like plus four hundred. Yeah, so Ga- maybe plus three fifty. I'm looking at here. He start. He opened as a plus one seventy five. So he's there. There've been steaming Khabib. So um, and Khabib opened at minus two ten, which I'm surprised. 
Um, that seems kind of low. He's all the way to minus 335 now. Um, honestly, kind of the breakdown. I know I've been talking a ton about Gaethje and how he's going to win this fight. It's not a sure thing by any means. I, I like him at plus 275. The thing is, like, so if Justin Gaethje's wrestling and is as good as people say it as, like, the – it's almost like it's been built up to, like, this, like, like – Mythical. mythical like yeah that he has such good takedown defense and all of this stuff even though we've we have no clue i i get it he was they say in college especially like he was good at stuffing takedowns and in, in actual wrestling and stuff but we've never really seen him use any wrestling in mma in in the ufc at least I, I didn't watch his career really much before the ufc but we haven't really seen him use any of his wrestling but if it is as good as they say it is then he has a real shot in this fight um but my mm-hmm. thing is the reason that I even get a little bit so, but the thing is, I got so many ways to go with this. I don't know how to, where to, where to start, but (laughs) so if his wrestling is as good as they say it is, and he is able to keep this on the feet for the first two rounds, he has a real good chance of finishing Khabib. I don't think his Khabib striking is going to be able to stand up at all on Justin Gaethje. If we, if he's able to keep this on the feet for two rounds, but thing is the Justin Gaethje has gone to say the reason why he doesn't like to use his wrestling is because it makes him tired. So even if, if he's not able to put away Khabib early in this fight and it goes into championship rounds, I don't think Gaethje's going to be able to continue stuffing takedowns. So I think this fight, the later it goes, the more it favors Khabib. Um, you know, the early rounds, I think, definitely favor Gaethje, especially if he's able to stuff those takedowns. I think it, it might present kind of an interesting live betting, um, you know, a live betting opportunity after round two if... Uh, you know, if Gaethje is winning and able to stuff those tape downs, but he looks like he's starting to get tired, then maybe put some money on mm-hmm. Khabib. He might get a better price tag than minus 335. So, you know, maybe bet Gaethje at plus 275, and then maybe you could hedge a little bit if, uh, depending on which way the fight's going. But I, I'm by no means saying Gaethje's a smart bet, really, is what I'm trying to say. But I, I'm going <laughs> to bet him. I've been, you know, I just, you know, I can never bet on Khabib at this point. So, um, I, I like Gaethje. I, I'm I'm really interested. I'm just excited to really watch this fight, regardless of betting. Yeah, yeah. So here's what we know. We know. We know for a fact that Justin Gaethje, he was an All American wrestler at Colorado State, I believe. So you can't you can't do that without being a good wrestler. And there, that's just a ma- that's just a fact. It doesn't mean it translates perfectly. So, but we at least know that he was an extremely high level wrestler. We also know for a fact that he's been working with Kamaru Usman, who is probably the main person you would want to be working with if you're going coming up with a fight against uh, Khabib. So those two things definitely favor Gaethje as far as we don't really know what his wrestling really is. But if you're working, if you, it's like they always say no one can compare, can, can um, prepare you for Khabib his pressure and his top control and everything. If there's one guy that could, it's a hundred and whatever, probably walks around close to 200 pounds. Um, uh, Usman who pretty much fights in a very similar way. Um, so, and then obviously, like you said, I think Khabib's standup has gotten a lot better. I, you can't always tell from hitting pads, but he's one of those ones where he was, his standup was so ugly when he started that you can tell by watching him hit pads. Now that he's gotten way crisper with the standup, but he's not going to be able to out, outbox Justin Gaethje so and kind of on that point it's like when somebody is so good at wrestling and and his opponent's so worried about the takedown it makes your striking look better you're able to land shots that you normally wouldn't if you were fighting somebody who wasn't worried about a takedown 
Um, good point about Kamara Usman. Um, that, you know, that is the one person that you, I think could stylistically like get you ready for Khabib as much as anybody. And, um, also with Gaethje's, uh, wrestling and, and takedown defense and whatnot, if we're looking at, uh, Khabib's past fights, the only person who's really had any success whatsoever is Ally Quinta at, at stopping takedowns from Khabib. And he's also happens to be the only person that really has any wrestling capabilities whatsoever. Barely too. So not much, not even that much wrestling. Yeah. Not a not an all American division yeah, one all American level. An all American wrestler here who's working with Kamara Usman. So I think you know if there's ever an opponent to be excited about possibly beating Khabib, this is it. So um, I, I got all my uh, or possibly GSP, but uh, you know I'm hitching all my all my upset tickets to this bandwagon. I'm going all Justin Gaethje. We've been talking about him all night. So I, I'm just I'm just I'm, really excited for this one. It's kind of cool. It's going to be at like three four o'clock here too. Or maybe it'll be early. Yeah, another two. good point. I love the when the, I love the early cards because then it's not your whole day and you don't have to stay up till after midnight just trying to wait till the main event. But again, yeah, I mean this is basically as much of a breakdown as it is just uh, it's a it's a making Gaethje's case as to why it's past it's a path to victory um, discussion basically. And at the end of the day, you start standing up, and I've never seen. Khabib get leg kicked. I've never seen him get his legs chopped. Not that I think he, I mean, I'm sure his legs are like uh, tree trunks. I know he's strong. I have to have Rogan examine the legs for us, but um, I know he's strong. And it's just, it just, he fights with his head up in the air, his chin out a little bit. His stand-up's not great. It just doesn't take a lot. Uh, Dustin Poirier didn't land a lot of shots on him, but he did land a couple. Um, Ally Aquinta landed a couple shots on him. Um, Even, I mean, I don't think it was Conor McGregor's best outing, but he's probably the most comparable guy to say that if he couldn't hit him, then Gaethje's going to have a hard time hitting him. But it's just uh, Gaethje's just a such a wild bag of bag of uh, um, like talents that I it's it, it's really hard to put a price tag on this one for me. So um, as far as I as far as betting the underdog here, two seventy five is I think a good price to uh, roll the dice. So. Um, I'll say, I'll say it again. This is a heart a heart bet, not a head bet, but um, I'm happy to do it in this situation. Yep. So next up, we got uh, we got Robert Whitaker versus Jared Cannonier. Um, currently, Jared Cannonier is minus one fifteen. We got Robert Whitaker at minus one hundred five, and and I'm surprised that the the line's this close on it. Um, I thought that Robert Whitaker would be a, a slight favorite instead of a slight underdog. Yeah. Uh, but really, this is about as close to a pick as you can get without it being a pick Um But when I'm looking at this fight, I, you know, I'm a big Jared Cannonier fan. I've been on, I've been on the Jared Cannonier hype train for a long time. Uh, but I think Robert Whitaker, I think there's good value on him at minus 105. I think that's the, that's the bet if, uh, if you're going to pick either side of this. Robert Whitaker is just, He's established as can be at 185. Jared Cannonier, not so much. Um, although he's fought some, you know, he's looked good recently, Jared Cannonier has. His his level of competition that he's fought is not there. Um, not not anything close to what Robert Whitaker. Robert Whitaker's coming off a good win versus Darren Till where he showed he can take punches. Uh, he win that decision. He got thoroughly outclassed versus Israel Adesanya, but Israel Adesanya is about as lead, elite of a striker as we, can, as we know. Yep. Um, so... I mean, that's not going to – Jared Cannonier and Robert Whitaker are going to be similar on their striking level. And I think 
Robert Whitaker is probably a little bit better striker, um, but they're probably pretty even in the striking department. But Robert Whitaker, he can wrestle. He can he can shoot takedowns, and I'd like to see what Jared Cannonier does if he tries to take him down. Uh, Jared Cannonier is pretty explosive. It might be hard for Robert Whitaker to take him down and keep him there, but I think it's just going to give, if Robert Whitaker does shoot a takedown at some point in this fight, it's going to give Jared Cannonier something to think about. So um, this is another really, really interesting fight. I'm really excited to watch it. These are you know, a great man and co-main um, you have to look forward to here. So I would say betting-wise, I don't think either side's a lock. I don't see any locks on this card, really. I see a lot of close fights that, that could go either way, but I like, uh, I like uh, Robert Whitaker in this fight if I'm betting on it. Um, but it's something that could go either way. We've seen Jerry Cannonier as power, and, and I would really never count him out, you know? Yeah, and how much do you think um, Stylebender influenced this line? I think I think you're onto saying. something. So Robert Whitaker opened at minus one thirty, um, and uh, and now he's down to minus one hundred five. So he was uh, up to at the best line you could have gotten. Robert Whitaker was plus one hundred five. So yeah, I think you're onto something there. Saying that Stylebender, saying how good of a fighter Jerry Cannonier and stuff is, could have could be why the public has has flipped this line basically um, since it opened. Yeah, because he was he was openly campaigning for him after he beat after uh after Adesanya beat Costa he was openly campaigning saying uh he thought Cannoneer was going to take out Whitaker um yeah I think Whitaker I I think I I definitely agree Whitaker should I thought he would be the favorite even more so I thought he'd be minus 120 and up um just off his resume partially and also because um uh, the only thing really People look back on that loss to Adesanya, and but now we know how good Adesanya is, which I don't know if we really had knew knew quite quite the lengths of it. And plus, that was a burnt out Whitaker. He he was all sorts of injuries. His, he wasn't really in the fight game. He came back and had a really good fight against Darren Till, who even though he's kind of a I don't know, he just doesn't throw a lot of volume or anything. He's still a really good striker, probably comparable to Jared Cannonier, and. Um, um, I, I think Tilver's Cannoneer would be a great fight. So um, I think that uh, it's a similar a similar idea to me. I would go with I just think Whitaker, who's beat Romero, um, and I mean his resume is just much more and big fights. Cannoneer hasn't been had that many big fights. Uh, not that I think he'll get rattled or anything. He seems like he's pretty composed. But yeah, like you said. I just thought I thought the line would favor Whitaker, so I feel like the value when that happens, I feel like I have to go with the guy I think I'm getting more value on. So um, I think I'm going with Whitaker as well. Yeah, either way, we won't we won't you know it won't go wrong in this fight because it'll be uh, if for the watch for the viewer, it's going to be a fun one. Um, you know, these guys are going to mm-hmm. go at it. So, uh, but we can move on to the next one now. Uh, next up, we got uh, Alexander Volkov versus Walter Harris, and another kind of interesting style matchup here. Um, you know, Walt Harris, we know what he's bringing. He's bringing the heat for one round, and then he's going to gas out. I First can't round imagine, heaters. I can't imagine he's fixed his gas tank in this time. Um, and, and we know what we're getting with Volkov. He needs to avoid that. He's a volume puncher for a heavyweight. Um, he's going to stay at distance. He's going to try and uh, just kind of pick uh, Walt Harris apart. It's just a matter of if he can avoid Walt Harris for that first round. And honestly, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't really know how I see this one going. Uh, betting lines, we have uh, Alexander Volkov at minus 185, Walt Harris at plus 160. At heavyweight, I'm almost tempted to take the dog money here and go on Walt Harris. Um, just because anything can happen at heavyweight, he's got the power, and we've seen Volkov 
get knocked out before. He doesn't always fight the perfect game plan, and he he just can get bullied. He's he's just kind of skinny for a heavyweight. Uh, not kind of, he is skinny for a heavyweight, and so he could get bullied early in this fight. I think what Walt Harris needs to do, he needs to know, like, I'm not going to fight. If I kind of sit back and try not to gas, I'm going to lose this fight regardless. So Walt Harris needs to take it to him, and if he does that, I think plus 160, not a bad price to throw a small bet down on to uh, to hope to get a knockout. Maybe see what you can get for Walt Harris by KO because um, that's yeah. the only way he's winning. Uh, if you can get like plus 200, plus 200, plus 250 for that, I think that's the way to go in this fight. I mean, if you're betting Alexander Volkov, I think you bet him by decision most likely um, and see if you can get that price a little better by minus 185. So if you're if you're leaning towards Volkov, I think you bet by decision. If you're leaning towards Harris, bet him by knockout. But um, yeah, either way, it's going to be a good fight, I think. We'll see if, uh, if Walt Harris, you know, but the whole Volkov by decision, you got to worry about Harris gassing like he might not even be able to fight a full three rounds at this point <laughs> yeah uh Volkov's pretty much he doesn't really put guys away but yeah I mean if Walt Harris gasses and goes down he could fall on top of him but yeah this is one where I feel like they got the line so perfect that I just can't touch it because um I feel like it's like hard for me to see it's hard for me to take either side like you said unless you mix it with some sort of props because this is really Volkov's fight to win um, he's just got to be smart. And like you said, he's proven that he sometimes doesn't do that. But it seems like, I mean, he's fought top-level guys. He he almost beat Curtis Blades because Curtis Blades gassed himself out. But he was also getting beat up for the first couple rounds, and he doesn't have the luxury of this being a five-round fight where he can outgas tank Walt Harris, although a five-round fight to Curtis Blades probably is a three-round fight to Walt Harris. Right. So although they're completely different fighters, you're looking at a similar similar situation. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I truly think Volkov wins this fight, but it's, it's, uh, is it, it's, this is just, I think this is like a perfect line. It's like you said, if you're going to pick your guy, you think is going to win and then pick your prop on how you think they're going to win. If you want to, uh, increase your, um, increase your plus money. Yeah. I mean, I, probably would be passing on this one but like i said if i'm if i'm betting i'd probably i probably bet walt harris by knockout but that's not to say i could see i see you know the paths to victory are so clear for both sides i just don't know yeah. who's gonna yeah. execute you know yeah and that's um one thing else did did was derek that was derek lewis volkov a five rounder that was a three rounder right uh three rounder it was on it was on the main card of uh of the Garbrandt Dillashaw 2 or no, DC Stipe no it was the BMF wasn't it Donald Trump was there no it was it was I think it was older than that oh no it was the fight Volca- before the BMF fight because that you know that's when he said the Donald Trump th- I knocked out the Russian for you and then he fought in front of Donald Trump his next fight on the BMF fight so yeah this was either this was either on the um it was either the Garbrandt Dillashaw 2 or Stipe uh DC 1 uh, I don't remember. It was 229. What was UFC 229? Uh, Khabib versus McGregor. Khabib McGregor was... Derek Lewis versus Volkov. Dang, I was way off. Because he knocked him out in the third round, right? Uh, yep, like with like two seconds left, right? Yeah. But I was my point. the point I was getting to with that was... Um, um, 
he won that fight all the way up until he was way outclassing Derek Lewis, who I feel like is uh, Walt Harris is like diet Derek Lewis. Yeah, but so, it's kind of different because Derek Lewis, he's not aggressive. He's waiting to try yeah, to lower Andy, you in to get that power shot. So he's going to lose until he's not, until he wins. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, so it, it'll be interesting. I mean, we know Walt Harris is going to go forward. He's going to he's gonna be aggressive in that first round, at least for the most part. So I, I think it goes a little differently, but it just, yeah, it's just like I don't know what what's actually going to happen. I can see I can see it happening both ways, honestly. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. So, um, yeah, I mean, tricky tricky one for the pick. So, but, uh, yeah, he was in the Masvidal Diaz fight. He fought e- uh, Blago, Evenhoff. But anyhow, uh, moving on from Walt Harris and um, – yeah, up next. Also, I would say I would say Volkanov Volkov needs a win. He's been he's had some rough ones. Yeah, yeah, they both needs win. Uh, need a win, honestly. Um, and since I'm the tattoo guy, Volkov got that stingray on his back covered. He did. By the way, yeah, like full. I think he got his full back covered. And also, like, don't quote me on that, but so although Volkov is one and two in his last three fights. Excuse me. One and two in his last three fights, but do we really count the Greg Hardy fight as a win? Like he almost got beat by Greg Hardy. Like it was a way closer Ooh. fight than any Greg Hardy fight ever should be. So, and Greg Hardy broke his hand. Yeah, and then he almost lost. He almost beat Volkov in that fight. Like I mean, I just remember uh, Greg Hardy putting on a way better show than I expected. So yeah, and he had, he had a he broke his hand. I believe it was like right off the bat too. So yeah, I mean that was kind of Greg Hardy's proof that he belonged. But again, that's not a great look for Volkov, who is supposed to be an extremely high-level kickboxer. Exactly. So. so, anyways, up next we got uh, we got the fight that hopefully it finally happens—the fight that never happens that <laughs> has been scheduled a bunch of times. Magomed Ankalaev versus Ian Kutalaba. Um, I'm sure we all remember the first fight. Um, Ian Kutalaba was um, getting crushed by Ankalaev early, but he was uh, faking like he was wobbled and. Uh, the ref thought he was out on his feet and called the fight. Um, so we got the uh, rematch that we've been trying to make happen for quite a while now. Ian Kudalaba tested positive for coronavirus about 10 times in a row in these fights. They keep getting rescheduled. Yep. Finally, they were Built like, different. let's not schedule it for two weeks out and let's let's wait a month or something <laughs> before we reschedule it and hopefully... Lock him up. Yeah. Hopefully Kudalaba does not have the coronavirus still. Um, so... <laughs> Yeah, I think this is finally the time it's going to happen. Um, they're out in Fight Island, so I know the protocols and whatnot are pretty strict out there, and I know you got to pass a f- test to even get on a plane to get out there. So it's looking like, yeah. fingers crossed, it's going to happen this time. And, um, I mean, I think Magomed Ankalaev is – I'm not going to call it the lock of the week because he's minus, what, 320 we said earlier, but I'd say yeah. if, if anything is a lock, it's this one. I mean, the price tag is pretty high, though, so I don't know if you're – if you're going to want to bet it. Uh, but if you did, I think that's, uh, you know, put 300 down and win 100, you're going to win that that one. I think Ankalaev's the, clearly the better striker. Ian Gudalaba kind of just, you know, he's just a pressure fighter. He tries to get it done through just out-bullying you, basically. And um, I think Ankalaev, that's not going to work against him. And he's just the better striker. And in a striking match, which this is going to be, he's going to win it. So um, I don't know. You got anything to add to this one? Yeah, I think that was the last time I ever saw Kevin. Mc- anyone's ever seen Ke- referee Kevin McDonald alive? What happened to him? Right? Did they sometimes after, they just get rid of these guys after they make big mistakes like that? If you're not, I've never seen him or, make a. I've never seen him make a big mistake before, 
and I haven't seen him ref since, so maybe maybe the pressure. The funny thing about this fight is, you're like exactly what we said, Magomed was kicking his ass, like head kicking him over and over and over, and he decides to play possum in the middle of it all. And then they're like, oh, well, this, we, this was on, said it once, I said it a million times, the weirdest card of all time, Norfolk, Virginia card, where uh, Benavidez got slept the first time, where we we really saw Figueredo come out and uh, become the champ, but he was, didn't make weight. Anyways, super weird card, but everyone was hyped about this fight being just an absolute uh, absolute um, gunfight. And then it obviously got stopped 35 seconds in or whatever, but like the pressure to remake this fight and then the debacle it became, they've been like married to each other now for almost a year, probably probably over a year because the first fight was probably announced about a year ago. So I don't know who that benefits more, but Magomed Ankalaev has to be very anxious just to get this get this guy out of the way, this goofball that he's been stuck with for a year now, out of the way and uh, move on from him because this has been like the soap opera that no one asked for and like eat. I know every, like it's just there's just enough heat on this fight that they they feel like they have to keep rescheduling it, but finally it looks like it's going to happen. Uh, Magomed, I would say not lock of the night, but parlay lock of the night. He'll be on all my parlays. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. So, yep. Um. So we're going with Magomed on this one, and up next, next fight we got to talk about is uh, Stefan Struve versus Ty Tuivasa. Um. On this one, betting lines we got uh it's pretty much a pick as well. So we got a lot of close fights this but Stefan Struve minus 115, Ty Tuivasa minus 105. Um, once again, this is one where there's pretty clear pass to victory for both <laughs> fighters. Stefan Struve, he needs to, for once in his goddamn li- life, use his reach, his seven foot frame, and he needs to, <laughs> he needs to keep, um, he needs to keep Ty Tuivasa at distance and kind of pick him apart like that. Um, other way that Stefan Struve could possibly win, he's got good jiu-jitsu. If he gets, uh, takes Ty Tuivasa's back, that length, he's able to flatten him out. He could submit Ty Tuivasa here. I don't think Ty Tuivasa has great, you know, usually these heavyweights don't really have great uh, s- submission defense. So I think, you know, maybe you could throw Stefan Struve on, see what you can get to win by submission there. I think you might get some good odds there. Um, but, um you know, and clearly the way for Ty Tuivasa to win, he needs to get inside and knock out, knock out Stephen Struve, which plenty of people have done. If he gets inside <laughs> and he, you know, he can easily finish the fight that way. So, you know, I, I once again, I don't know who to pick on this one. Um, you know, maybe I'd throw a small bet on uh, Stephen Struve by submission, um, just to see if it's like plus three hundred or four hundred or something for that. I don't know what it would be. I, I'm sure maybe we could look it up here. Hold on. Here's some props. Yeah. So, um, um, this, like you said, the crazy thing about this one is just how you know how what each guy needs to do, but it's so hard to pick because you can't trust either one of these guys with your life, or even with five like a, a like seven dollars, you can't trust either one of them. <laughs> if Stefan Struve gets knocked out, you you there's like literally cannot be shocked, and if Ty Tuivasa just comes out and sucks and gets his ass kicked, you cannot be shocked. So this is a. Uh, this is like perf- another perfect line on this one. Um, I don't even know which way I'm leaning. Yeah, it's Struve's plus 275 to win by submission. So not like an incredibly great line. It looks like it's his best, most likely outcome uh, would be if Struve wins to win by uh, win by submission. So Or maybe it would be a decision. Let me see. Struve. I can't find Struve wins by decision, but basically – 
Yeah, we'll see. Our Struve wins inside distance plus 175. No, that's not what we want. But, yeah, basically, I mean, plus 275, that's not bad odds. But um, I don't know if that – if I'd probably want to be closer to, like, plus 350 or something on that. But who knows? So, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is just another one. Like you said, it's it's tough to to bet on uh, at this line. You know, it's like this is a pick em fight. Do you think Ty Tuivasa is going to get inside and knock him out? Very, very likely. Let's see what Ty Tuivasa is by, by knockout here. Um, Tuivasa wins by KO plus 175 so if you like that i don't see tuivasa winning a decision here you know plus 175 yeah so if you think he's gonna win you it's almost you have to take the knockout yeah I and like we have that. seen Stefan struve we have seen Stefan struve get knocked out many a time yeah and that that's i think that you know that upset quite a bit so yeah if you're liking Ty the man Tuivasa, who beats Stipe. throw the knockout prop on there and you get plus 175 it ain't bad if you like steven struve throw a submission to win by submission or or decision. I don't think he's going to win a decision, though. I think if it goes that long, he gets knocked out, you know? So, um, yeah, we'll see. It should be a good fight. Another good one. They, they got some bangers on this card, so it shouldn't be boring, that's for sure. And if you're not sure on who you like, let me just cloud your entire judgment and remind you that Stefan Struve once beat Stipe Miocic. He had kicked him from across the entire octagon. <laughs> so, basically, Stefan Struve, uncrowned champ fighting Taito Avasa, who belongs in the fat guy division. But again, this one to me comes down to which guy do you, tr- do you not trust the, le- the least? So I'm, I'm saying how do you, which guy do you trust more, but I don't want to say like, I don't want to lead anyone on to say you can trust either of these guys. It's which one do you not trust less? Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> but. so I don't know. I mean, nothing would surprise me in this fight. Yeah, so up next, we're going to go to uh, Nathaniel Wood versus Casey Kenny. Um, this should be another banger for, for the little weight yeah, division. Yeah, big time. Uh, I think this is plus one, or at 135. I mean, um, this, this should be a banger. We got Casey Kenny minus 190, Nathaniel Wood plus 165. I mean, initially, this pops out and says bet Casey Kenny minus 190. He just had about as dominating performance as you could possibly put on. But Nathaniel Wood, he's, he's no joke. He's no slouch. Um, he's, uh, he's an up and comer. He's, he's, you know, he's, he's a good fighter, a good solid fighter. Um, that being said, I like Casey Kenny in this fight. Um, just his strength, like strength of opponents that he's beat in the past, much higher than Nathaniel Wood. Nathaniel Wood is still much newer in his career. He's got four, five UFC fights under his belt. His best wins, Andre Ewell, which is a good win, uh, but he's lost to John Dotson. Um, and uh, yeah, I think this is uh, a fight where I think Casey Kenny, he looked as good as ever, uh, as good as anyone really at 135 in his last fight versus uh, Heli Alatang. So um, he's fought, he beat Ray Borg, he beat Manny Bermudez, Louis Smolka, and Heli Alatang. He lost to Marab. I uh, probably got taken down and got back up 150 <laughs> times but um, probably got the takedown record broke on him yeah exactly so but this is going to be a good fight regardless um like i said if i'm betting uh, i think i'm going probably yeah i'm definitely going case of kenny i think but it might be a, a closer fight i don't think it's a lock by any means i think nathaniel wood could be a live underdog but um i like casey kenny in this fight yeah, and he's fresher. He just had a fight camp, and he performed extremely well. Looked as sharp as he's ever looked. So, I think the whole fight I know, fight recent fight island experience favors Casey Kenny. Um, 
although Nathaniel Wood was on the Whitaker Till. That was in July. Um, but like I said, I, Casey Kenny looked as good as he's ever looked, and he's already the favorite. So um, I think that would be where my bet would be as well. Yeah, and I mean, John Dotson knocked him out in February of this year. So, I mean, Casey, Chad Dotson Casey, looked like Casey shit Kenny the last few times. We saw that in, the, in his yeah. last fight. So um, he, maybe he's a little chinny. I don't know. We'll see. Um, I, yeah, but either way, I like Casey Kenny in this fight, but, um, that's, that's it for the fights we're going to cover. We got a few fighters we're going to, we're going to shout out. We got your favorite lucky Lauren Murphy, um, pretty much fighting for a title shot at this point. Like she's on the short list Maybe. Uh, of getting a title shot here. So, I mean, this is a fight she really needs to win and she's looking at, you know, potentially, you know, fighting for a title as crazy as it sounds. Yeah, and let me just tell you, this is a fight she will win. She's fighting an Uzbekian wrestler who I think got on the card based off of uh, almost like Uzbekistan is close to Russia. This is like, let's get as many much Russian talent as possible. Um, this girl, she's making her de- UFC debut, I believe. Yeah, she's making her UFC debut. She's pretty much only, she's a Uzbekian female wrestler. And um, I looked up her, uh, her tapology. And uh, it's not very impressive. So unless she's made incredible improvements or she's fighting on like an insanely stacked regional scene, this may be uh, Matthew Lauren Murphy's fight to win here and get her title shot. So um, I would not be surprised if she comes out and dominated. Um, Ilya Shakarova. Dude. Um, Lauren Murphy is already minus 240 and going up. Are you on sure, dog? Type no. in that Lilia Shakarova to Google and click on the sure dog, her sure dog. Dude, her hair is so black. She's in a, she's standing against a black background, and you literally can't even tell <laughs> she has hair in it. It just looks like her face, like because of the black background, her hair is so black. It's legitimately the same shade as the black background. <laughs> I saw she had a, she has an interesting cut. Um, she's got a. I don't know what I would call her hair. I don't know what I would call her haircut, but it's like uh, she kind of. Oh my gosh, her hair is extremely black. No, it's like um. I can't tell what the it looks emo, like because I literally can't see it. No, no, she looks like the emo guys in like the early two thousands that the the scene guys right. that were like. She literally um, looks like the lead that man did like scre- screamo, screamo music. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what the cut is. And she's the wearing an cut. outfit to match in this picture. <laughs> Yeah, um, well, while we're here, just look at her record. It's, uh, oh, I know what I did. Her record's 8-1, and one, but then I went to the girl she lost to, and this doesn't always tell the tale, but in this case it does. The girl she lost to was is 5-4 and four with, like, a lot of um, a lot of losses in a row. So um, it, it's just one of those things where you kind of do the MMA math, even though it's not trustworthy. But sometimes it does work out. I mean, Lauren Murphy's been fighting the best 125ers in the world. And although I sometimes attempt to discredit her, she does get the job done more than that. And I, I, I do think that this, um, this will be a, this will be a, another win for Lucky. Unless she's thinking about getting out of fighting soon and starting a family, I'll have to pay attention to the. Uh, Fight week, fight week promos. Because if that's the case, all bets are off, literally. Right. And then up next, our last fighter to watch on this one's going to be uh, Alex Oliveira. 
Um, almost always throws on a, puts on a good fight, win or lose. Um, you really never know what you're going to get out of him. Uh, he's pretty inconsistent, but when he's on, he's on. Yeah, my problem with Alex Oliveira, and right now he is a minus 115 over another guy, I believe, probably making his debut. This guy doesn't care if he wins or loses, so it's hard to bet on a guy. He, he, he'll he be exciting, but he it's like he doesn't care if he wins or loses, so it's hard to really bet on him. But if you bet on him, he will fight hard. Um, but, like, this guy's got screws loose the way he, <laughs> the way he acts and the way he fights. So, But always fun to watch, so I'm glad he's on this card. He also kind of seems like he's a guy that pops up on pretty much every good pay-per-view. I've got a I've got a call here that this is going to be possibly the JLT Just Bleed fight of the night. We haven't had one in a while, um, but I'm looking at this guy, his sure dog. He's 12 and 0. He's from Kazakhstan. He looks like a monster in his picture, and um, he looks like he's ready to brawl. He's um, let's see, he's 12 and 0, seven TKOs five submissions so he's never never went to decision uh this guy looks like he brings it <laughs> and his name's shavcat his name's shavcat so shavcat may be on the radar yeah this is like um this is uh alex Oliveira's perfect guy to put put in the buzzsaw with somebody who might be a total killer the next cam's head or something which i obviously i don't think is, that's the case but um alex Oliveira does not care and just a quick Quick person to call it real fast. We got Miranda Maverick, who was one of our horny, horny MMA fan posts on uh, on Reddit that we called oh, yeah. out there. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, and the biggest uh, the, favorite on the card. Yeah, big favorite. Making her UFC debut, I believe. And, um, yeah, the horny MMA guy will be disappointed to see – well, maybe disappointed to see that the stitching on her Reebok shorts – May leave some something to his imagination this time, unlike her last uniform that he wore <laughs> that she wore. So, yeah, I mean the horny MMA fans—they just never stop, do they? Nope. Jeffrey Tubin, horny MMA fan, possibly. Yeah, right. <laughs> that would be something. <laughs> so anyhow, um, look over this card one last time, real quick. Um, definitely not one to miss, as far as. Main events go. This is the biggest main event of the year. Um, as far as cards go, this is probably the biggest card of the year. And as far as stacking a card goes, this is about as good as it gets. So, as far as you being a UFC fight fan, this is uh, this is like almost like a. Now nah, I won't I won't call it the Super Bowl, but this is like a high level playoffs. This is like the World Series. Yep. Yeah, I'm excited. I just I I can't wait for uh, for Saturday. Honestly, this is gonna be. This is going to be a good card. We got a, a ton of interesting matchups on this one, and we should have some bangers. So I'm ready. I'm ready for it. Ready to bring that belt back from Soviet Russia back to the United States. Where it belongs. Exactly. Rocky, Justin Rocky Gaethje, taking the name from Leon Edwards because he doesn't fight. Yep. Let's go, Gaethje. Come on. All I right. I can't wait, dude. It's going to be. I'm excited. <laughs> Yeah, and don't get us wrong. If we come back next week and he didn't win the fight, we'll still be here. We're not uh, we're not betting our podcast on it. No, but we're we're optimistic. We'll be a little soft. So anyhow, yeah, we'll we'll probably call out Khabib next week or something. He'll do something. Yeah, we'll have something. We won't let it. We won't let it go. So anyhow, that'll do it for this episode of Just Like That. We will be back next week. 
We will recap these fights no matter what happens. And um, thank you to everybody who listens. Remember to subscribe, um, leave a comment, contact us on Instagram at Just Like That Podcast or on Twitter at Just Like That Podcast. Um, And uh, that'll do it for us. We will see you all next week. Have a good one. Rich Franklin told me that the bedtime story every night to George was, once upon a time, you're going to do X, Y, and Z. And he doesn't know if George definitely got the message or not, but it was his bedtime story pretty much every night for the last six months as he prepared to return to the octagon. Wait a minute, Rich Franklin tucks him in? No, he just tells him a story, then he leaves and lets his girlfriend tuck him in. Nice. Not nice Rich's girlfriend, George's girlfriend.